Hi, this is Mackenzie Aston, one of the stars of the Garbage Pill Kids movie, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. You touched my woman, creep. No, 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 it was just... Baby, come on, he's just a kid. He's about 12 years old. I'm 14. I'm almost 15. He's not worth the time it'll take to beat him up. Forget him. Come on, let's go have some fun. Wish I could help you, baby. But the little creep's gotta be taught a lesson. It's a matter of principle. Oh, yeah? I think it's just a matter of you liking to see people bleed. If your teacher says you're bad and sends you to the principal, you can be a garbage pail kid. Your parents say you dress like you should be in a carnival. You can be a garbage pail kid. It's international. This is the skeleton crew. It's a matter of principle that you listen. <laughs> I can't even do this. I'm sorry. I'm trying to imitate that guy. All right. What's up? It's the Skeleton Crew. We are in the dungeon, and it is grosser than ever in here. It's too gross. Uh, <laughs> too gross for the screen. We got, as always, Jamie Jenkins. Hello, Jamie. Hello, honey. I'm here and ready to go. Yes. And as you, I hear, I hear you can hear it just peeled back. You can hear the peel back on the show already. You got Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Hey, what's up, fuckers? Dave Z. What the fuck is up, Dave Z? Hey, yo. I'm so glad that Matt didn't patent that. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, welcome to Banana Laser. Uh, we got a fun show, you know, for you guys. <laughs> How much would you have charged me per uh, what the fuck is up, Dave Z, if you were to patent that? Two fifty. <laughs> Two fifty? I could do yeah. that. Make it two fifty. Make it tree fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't made it a huge, and I've hinted here and there, but as most people, I think, have figured out, uh, Matt and Dave were kind enough to ask me to join their fine show in the Laser Lounge. So I am the third host in Banana Laser. You guys are so good together, though. I'm ve- I'm very happy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks. Shit. Yeah, now I have a reason to listen to Banana Laser. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what they're banking on. We had to get a sexy host, finally. (laughs) Somebody who is ripped on the show because, you know, me and Dave with our shirts off, it just doesn't look that good. So, That will be my continuation into this uh, genre of horror podcasting. Uh, So look up horrorphilia.com. Go to podcast Banana Laser. And uh, you should only start listening where I came in. That's the good yeah. stuff. Guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, fuck. <laughs> they have plenty. Of, they have at least like four great shows. Out of <laughs> the first thirty, <laughs> and a few good ones, you know, and mostly shit. I mean, come oh, on, the, their name the, is Banana the Laser. Saw, I mean, the Saw Six episode. Don't forget that. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. With guest host Jamie Jenkins. <laughs> And they also did really amazing on their Halloween Rob Zombie 1 and 2 show for some reason. <laughs> and, and they did really good on Saw 7 and Saw 3 for some reason. Yeah. And there was one Banana Bites that we did uh, way back that was just awesome. It was way better than any other one. I yeah. wonder why that was. Hmm. And they yeah, did weird. two really good commentaries also. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the commentaries. <laughs> Woo, shit. That's, that's legendary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's how we knew we had some magic. We just uh, said, shit, let's do a commentary, movie commentary. We did Jason Lives, 
the three of us together and we said, guys, we got something here. And then we ignored it for about a year. And then we finally got together again. <laughs> and then he that was so awesome. And Alex said, so this is my life now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's hating it now. He's regretting it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, when do we have to record again? <laughs> you guys do this how often? So, um, so guys, this show is very different. This is a skeleton crew to remember. A lot of people might be bummed out <clears throat> because they probably... <laughs> I know Matt. Matt's bummed out. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's this, yeah, a certain element that we're going to discuss that really kind of freaks me out, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I, I was thinking that too, man. <laughs> me too, a little. Here's how you can make this show worth it, guys. You know, if you read the title or whatever, you know, you're probably into it or not. You'll see what they're actually going to do. It's We're, we're going to review the Garbage Pail Kids movie on this show. Th- that movie is known as, like, it's well, it's almost like the Troll 2 of, uh, I don't even know what genre. What would you call this? Children's movie? Yeah, th- this movie is made for eight-year-olds, right? I mean, that's what? the only way I... What? Yeah. Eight? <laughs> I would never let my daughter watch this movie. She's fucking Dude, all the humor in this thing and, and just the characters and how they are. I can't I, – I saw this movie when I was 10 years old. I remember it fondly. And even then, I didn't like it. So <laughs> it has to be for somebody younger than 10 years old, right? <laughs> I disagree. We'll get into it. But th- that's funny because that's what I was thinking as I'm watching it. That was one of the things amazing about this movie is I couldn't classify the demographic as I'm watching it. I'm like, <laughs> Dude, that's why we're reviewing it. <laughs> and we'll get, on, we'll get into it later. But that's I, I don't believe the demographic is eight-year-olds. I think it's something else entirely. It's not that big, but we'll get to it. That's right. That's the problem. <laughs> no, but yeah, we're gonna get into it. That it's it's an amazing movie for so many reasons. Like uh, it's just so inappropriate. There's so many things that are insane for a children's movie. I mean, so many aspects and and just thought processes and shit like that, and just things that go on. Like you'll never see any of it ever again in a children's movie. It's insane when we break it down and tell you the elements here. If you're not interested in this, you can get interested. All you got to do is go to YouTube, and this movie is on YouTube. Just type in Garbage Pail Kids the Movie, 1987, and and it's there. So, you know, if you watch it, then this will take on a whole new meaning. Garbage Pail Kids are cards that came out in 1985. They were parodies of Cabbage Patch Kids. And they basically decided to paint these pictures of Cabbage Patch Kids doing fucked up shit or being fucked up or looking fucked up. <laughs> like, whatever it is, it's all fucked up. Uh, the most famous one is Adam Bomb. He's on the cover of most shit. He's pressing a button in his hand. His head is exploding. Uh, shit like that. That's just, like, the iconic. He's like the Mickey Mouse or the Bugs Bunny or the Toxic Avenger of Garbage Pail Kids. Wait, why wasn't he in the movie then? Shit. Well, that's I have so many questions, and that's one of them. Why well, did they choose ask- the characters that they did? It's crazy. Well, I was going to ask that of Alex because uh, I figured. <laughs> well, because uh, really, uh, let me the characters that are in this movie were they put there because they were popular characters, popular cards, or, or what? Or is it was it just completely random? I figured you would know because I don't. Yeah, it's it is completely random. There's no real reason. Foul Phil 
Messy Tessie. <laughs> oh, you guys were oh, wait, good. Wait, See, I was going to got... ask. Like, Alligator was one of my favorite cards. Yeah, yeah. He was actually know? pretty popular. Yeah. But <laughs> I did not I did not like the film version of Alligator. He kind of got on my nerves. But he was what? one of my favorite cards. But hey, some, of those, some of those made no <laughs> sense. <laughs> Give me those toes. Give me those toes. How many toes <laughs> jokes can you put into one movie is what I want to know. Hey, Dodger, I hate to be a toe. I think, I, <laughs> I, think, I think they chose these characters just because they could actually put them on screen. There's so many of these uh, GBK cards that aren't really filmable characters, you know? Like, like you said, the atom bomb guy, his head is blowing up. Right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's not really something you could put on screen. Yeah, it's basically car- – they probably went through them and said, well, we could have him walk around and we could have mm-hmm. him walk around. Right. And then they were like, well, what could we do with him? What could his thing be? And, well, this one has bad breath. That's easy shit. So we'll do that. That girl throws up. Uh, this guy farts. These are easy. Um, Greaser Greg. Greaser Greg's popular. Um, Nat Nerd is n- – it, it, he's memorable, not popular. He likes to pee, apparently. Every – Right. He's got to pee. It's in his contract to pee every 10 minutes. Otherwise, <laughs> he's not going to be on screen. That's the thing. In the card, there's no hint of him peeing whatsoever. I, thank you. Okay. I, I thought I was remembering that incorrectly, and I didn't feel like digging out my cards to check it. But I, um, <laughs> I th- And I seriously, I still have my complete Series 3 yeah. and uh, complete Series 8 and wow. a whole bunch of ones in between. But those are the two that I have the complete Series. I was, you have no idea. Dude, I was so crazy about Garbage Pail Kids. I was, every time we went to the, to the grocery store, I would get like a handful of them. Wow, that's awesome. The gum was terrible. Yep. <laughs> it's like, ow, I cut my cheek. <laughs> yeah, just like baseball cards. Same thing. That shitty gum. That fucking hard, yeah. But I chewed it anyway because I didn't, I didn't want to waste it. I was like, I got this gum. Yeah, right. Yeah, I chew it. Chew it. <laughs> Yeah, this was made by Topps Chewing Gum. I think it's called Topps Chewing <laughs> yeah. Gum or something. Yeah. yeah, just like baseball cards, you know? Yep. Okay, so my uh, history with the Garbage Pail Kids, um, I got them pretty much right away, I think. They came out in 85, so I was uh, six, I guess. And, yeah, I had them. I have pictures of me standing there on my front lawn with a pack of uh, Series 3 unopened, Yay. of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was way into them. That was the, that was the shit, man. I mean... Man, we used to buy them by the. They were twenty five cents each for five stick pack. You know, one one pack, five stickers in each one. I used to walk out with eight packs. It was like the greatest thing in the world. Um, and when you look at them as you're older, like all that shit comes back to you, man. Those classic mm-hmm. cards, That's... they're just amazing. And then you had the cool stuff on the back too. Like um, on series three, they had the wanted posters, um, and there was actually one that I recreated. <laughs> my best friend and I, um, we, we were both into Garbage Pail Kids, and we both collected them, and we would trade them and stuff. And um, there was this one wanted poster on the back, and it was for a barber who in, – in the photo, it showed the barber like with, with a pair of shears about to chop off someone's head. Or either he had chopped off it, someone's head. It was head. off, yeah. Okay. And so we were playing around one day and decided to play bar- – I don't even, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm admitting <laughs> this. But we decided to play barber, and I was like, hey, look. And so I pretended like I was the guy on the back of the card, and I snapped the shears closed. I only meant to just 
like scare her. I didn't mean to actually cut her, but it turns out that I was a little bit closer to her throat than I thought I was. What? So what? I, I cut her throat just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> oh my God. I nipped it just a little bit. And she did that thing where she started to cry, you know, and then you do that thing. Like if you're, if you're friends at your house and they start to cry, then you're like, shh, shh, shh. Like, you know, you don't want to get in trouble. So I'm like, shh, stop crying, stop crying. It's not even bleeding that much. Stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get in trouble, goddammit. <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. See, that's great wow. memories right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of almost murdering your childhood friend. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How many inches from the jugular were you? <laughs> I was right in the center, like right uh, if she hadn't had an Adam's apple, that's where it Oh was. my wow. god, Jamie, you cut right there? <laughs> and yeah, but it was just a little bitty nick. It wasn't that much. It was she really oh, yeah. blew it out of proportion. Shit. Okay, <laughs> where did you put the body? That's why. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest here. Come on. Right? <laughs> she is alive and well. We went camping last month. So <laughs> everything. I'm going to do an internet search right now to make sure she's not dead. <laughs> What's the camp in the burning? That's where the fuck they were. That's where they were. That's just, that's just like the first kill in the burning with the fucking prostitute. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> She was really reenacting that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then this bear came up and it slashed her throat. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right, Jamie, you fucking weirdo. Uh-huh. You know what? The back of the cards, let me ask you something, Alex. Was there a situation where, for a certain series, that if you turn the cards over, um, they would all connect as a puzzle once they were together? Or am I thinking? Yep. Yep. No, you're right. Yep. Yes, okay. So my memory is still good with that. Okay. They made one giant card. Right, they made one giant. Yes, okay. Was that always, or it was just a certain series? It started in a series two. Okay. And it was Messy Tessie was the main poster. But they always had, like, multiple ones. Like, I think the other one was, like, uh, that continued on and on. And then they had GPK comic books in really? the back of the cards. And that was great because <clears throat> it was like, you know how... Um, I always describe the reason people like sequels of horror movies is because it's an extension of what they already love, and now they get to sort of live it instead of just see, instead of just viewing this one movie, they get to explore that movie through sequels. You know, like now we're gonna get into Haddonfield and go through other places. Now we'll see the hospital. Now we'll see this. Now we're gonna see that. You know, it's like the same thing. Like uh, it's an exploration of these characters. You know, instead of just seeing one image painted of a character you get to see him interact and they're always interacting with other Garshpil kids they they weren't really like laugh out loud funny but they were good they were solid you know you, you never felt ah, that was a waste of time reading that you know um, like Jamie said they had wanted posters they had um, awards they had uh, a lot of stuff so it was a uh, it was a whole thing with Garshpil kids um, parents were outraged they were banned in schools they were that crazy and that made people love them even more you know, the more everybody else hated them, the more you were like, yeah, that's our shit, man. And fuck that. Let's hear it. No, let's not show up here. Here, do you have another uh, Joe Blow? Do you have another, you know, <laughs> fucking uh, humongous? You know, just like crazy stuff. And <laughs> it was a... Humongous. <laughs> 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 what do you have? Big balls? Sorry. That's funny. Nah, he was a guy on top of the Empire State Building swatting at airplanes, but he was like a... Oh, like King Kong? Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I know them all. I just don't know their names. But anytime you describe one, I definitely humongous? know. <laughs> and Alex, I know you have them too. Like now, the, out of the bubblegum machine, you can get the little figurines. And I know you have some because I had, or was it 
maybe they're not at the bubblegum machine. But anyway, I don't anyway, No, I don't think they came out of but, there. But um I just recently within the last year got some and I took a picture and sent it to you and then you took a picture of yours and sent it back to me and neither of us knew that the other one had them but I was just like look what I just got <laughs> yeah I was so happy when he sent that um I <clears throat> th- people are gonna be like weirded out by this but I have one of the premier collections in the world of Garsdale kids hmm. yeah I have every single one ever made see they they had 15 series in the 80s from uh, 85 to 88, they made 15 series of them. And then they were just, they got so much heat that they just had to stop. And, and they were sued by Cabbage Patch Kids. They had to change their design and everything in Series really? 10. Really? Huh. Wow. Took them long enough. Series 10? Jeez. Yeah, but as you can see, they knocked out 15 in three years. So obviously they were cranking them out, you know? So after the first year and a, and, and a half, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids sued them and said, you cannot just redo our stuff and put your sh- gross shit on it. And then <laughs> they said, well, we already paid a lot of money for these guys to paint the next two or three series. So you got to let us put those out and then we'll stop. And they said, okay, fine. So they put out a couple more series and then they changed the design after that. They, was, they were still good because back then things were still good with, you know, a lot of ideas were coming out in the 80s and it was solid. It just didn't look the same, but it was solid. You think Sour Patch Kids got sued too? They did. I'm asking. Do you think? Oh, I don't know. Patch is right in there. I mean, shit. That's just as much of a rip as. But they don't look like them. Like the Garbage Pail Kids really look like those fucking Cabbage Patch dolls and shit. Yeah, they were literally. That's what they were. Especially the one, the one that was a baby, completely does. Foul Phil. Yeah, is that his name in the movie? The baby. Yeah. Yeah. God. Are you my mommy? <laughs> my so tummy annoying. Hurt. So annoying. Oh what did you, you eat? Everything. That'll do it all right. <laughs> oh, these fucking voices. Wait till we get into this movie. I can't wait. So, so yeah, I got them. I got shit that you wouldn't believe. They made tons of merchandise. They made a movie like we're going to talk about. Like every, They have a cartoon. There's a cartoon of this. Really? What? I had no idea. Is it any good? It's um, it's about the same level as any Saturday morning cartoon. That was a generic cartoon. So the humor wasn't the way it was in this movie. It was more. Oh no. Okay, it was more uh, more for that would actually be more targeted to an eight year old. Yeah, yeah. Parents wouldn't flip over that. This movie was so insane, or I don't even know what it was. I don't know if it was, I don't know what the fuck happened with the trailer. I don't know what it actually was. But parents were so outraged that they were making a movie that they actually protested and the shit got taken off of commercials. Hmm. Wow. They couldn't even advertise. So the movie bombed. Yes, that had nothing to do with the quality of the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I went to see it, though. I I should shut my mouth because I I went to see it. Yeah? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure if I did. I might have. I don't even remember. All I know is that my dad, you know, went to my, like I said, Palmer video. He copied a VHS tape onto another one, and, and that's what I had my whole life, man. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so this movie, I'm so into Garage Pill Kids that I would say I watched this movie, I think, every year of my life, and sometimes two times in a year, sometimes more, from age eight to today. <laughs> What? Wow. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Well, hold that on. Much? Every year? 
every year, I think. Yeah. I can see it as a child. Now, let's say... What... Ah, you no, 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 let me finish. I'm not, no, no, I'm not ripping it apart at all, because as you'll see by the end of it, I'm not. But what uh, mm-hmm. what I was getting at was as you got older, when did you start partying? What age? Actually, um, basically 21, when I was able to really go get it, is when I really got into drinking. Okay, so let's just say since the age of 21, when you did watch it, did did you do it sober or did you, you just, you know, suck no, it no. down? Yeah, dude. I'll be honest with you. There's not much I did sober. So fair enough. Right. I, <laughs> I should have known better. Right. Okay. All right. I'll be honest with you. Man. There's, there's not too many sober moments in uh, in movie watching for me. But you know, but I, like I said, I've said on other shows, I don't watch movies like people do. You know, like people. I thought I did, but then I hear people watch fucking horror movies every single day and shit like that. And oh my god, I'm not even close to that. Mm-mm. Nope. No, not even close. So. It's not that I don't have time. I'm not. I'm not making like I'm way busy and everybody else is a loser. I just. I just don't. Uh, I've. I don't know. I do other things. I guess. I don't know. Hey, whatever. I just don't watch movies that often. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, that's my history with it. So uh, Matt and Dave, you guys, did you go through the GPK craze at least card wise when you were, uh, you know, in your? You were all the same age. Dave's a little older, but. You know, he's 40, because I played that clip. A little. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, you know, I'm in my 40s, and... Uh... <laughs> I'm a pretty simple guy. <laughs> I'm a pretty yeah. simple guy. I'm in my 40s, love horror movies, and... Uh, no, I I casually like the cards a little bit. You know, I didn't go, ever really go out and buy them, but when they came, you know, came into my realm for my older brother or something like that, I always liked them. And I ended up having a couple posters, I think, which led to me wanting to rent this movie. And I think that was the apex of my, <laughs> you know, once I saw the movie, then I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with these Garbage Bell Kids yeah. uh, things. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately. So I wasn't like a, a hardcore fan, but, you know, I had friends who were really into it and stuff like that. So I've, I've had exposure. And just to clarify, I did do the, I did collect them when I was a kid, but I think my parents threw the bulk of them out um, oh. as I got older. Yeah, so I didn't really think about Garbage Pill Kids. And then in '91, my cousin was way into them. He got, you know, he had like 80 of them or whatever. He gave me like 40, <clears throat> and then we uh, put them in a trapper keeper. Forgot about them for another, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years. I still watched the movie, but didn't really do much because you couldn't get the cards. And then the beauty of uh, the internet happened, mm-hmm. and then uh, shit, man, people are selling them left and right, and it you could easily get whatever you want. I yep. a few years ago bought a couple of lots of them. Yeah. Yeah, and then and it was series that I hadn't that I didn't have a lot of, so that was exciting. I I had so many that I literally gave them away to people, and they were able to create full sets from them. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> like. I had hundreds or... I mean, like, by the time... Okay, like, for instance, with, like, Series 3, which is the one that is the biggest for me, and that was that's the one I know the most of and and is, like, nearest and dearest to my heart. And with that one, by the time I actually collected the entire series, I can't even tell you how many packs I had to buy because you kept getting repeats, you know. And I did have my best friend, and so we would, you know, we could trade off, and that helped... But you still, you know, you know, every time you get a new pack and then you open it and you're like, 
damn it! <laughs> <laughs> this one again? <laughs> and it was always fucking Joe Blow. Like, Joe, everybody has card 84 A and B. Joe Blow fucking... I tell you, it's just a kid standing there with his arms out with a patch over his eye blowing a bubble. And it was a parody of Bazooka Joe, but Bazooka Gum is what was in those cards. So that's why they just, you know, hooked him up with that card. And they must have printed. They said, okay, we'll do that, but you got to print the most. I want, for every card printed, I want three of Bazooka Joe printed, or Joe Blow printed. Damn. And his other name was Rod Wad. <laughs> I do, and that's another thing I love about them is the alternate names. You know, because you had, you didn't, you couldn't just have the A card. You had to have the B card too. And it wasn't complete if you didn't have, you know, both of them. Oh, and then oh. there was the, they also had the one card that had the checklist on the back too. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That uh, I would you know, yeah. check them off. And I remember it was, oh man, I was such a geek. It was so, it was so, <laughs> I was so excited to be able to check off a card. <laughs> so when you say, when you say A and B cards, you mean there's an A card with one name. And a B card with the same picture, yeah. but a different, different right. funny name. Okay, yes. all right. Gotcha. I remember that now, and I'm, I yeah. remember it, it. It kind of pissed me off. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I've seen this before, <laughs> and it was a different name. What is this shit? <laughs> That's you know? what so I there, thought. Dave. There was like yeah. Eerie Eric, yeah. and what was Eerie Eric's? Eerie Eric is uh, Berserk Kirk. Yeah, and I always loved that one too because he was a little weird, <laughs> and so I was Berserker. crazy. Was one of my favorites. Yeah, let's get back into horror. They had. All horror Garbage Pail Kids. Like, Garbage Pail Kids were... Like, every horror character you can almost think of is a Garbage Pail Kid. That's true, yeah. The first Garbage Pail Kid ever, number one, is Nasty Nick, Evil Eddie, and he's a vampire drinking blood out of a Barbie doll's neck. Hmm. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, there's some misprints, like there's a semicolon, no number, and that thing is worth $200 for the one card, if you have that. Oh, wow. shit. See, that huh. was why I wasn't into them as much as the baseball cards, because uh, the Garbage Pail Kids, which I thought were cool, and I, I, they were passed around classes, and, and I liked them and stuff, you know, but I was more into buying the baseball cards because there was that big promise of money when you were a kid. It, it, it swept the nation at that time. Like, I, mm. I recall, you know, like, it was a big thing. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, get this card. It's going to be worth big money someday, because I think our parents, if, if that was the big thing. If your parents would have saved their baseball cards, they would be sitting on loads of money. So now, you guys have to do it. So, the, I think the Garbage Pail Kids, I think like eight came in a pack. Whatever it was, it was like maybe half of what you got when you bought a baseball cards, you know? And baseball cards had that promise of money in the future. I mean, it was ridiculous. It ended up being that nobody made dick because it, it, it got so popular that we all thought we were making the smart investment. I fucking took this 1988 Don Russ fucking baseball card set with me <laughs> through half the country. I'm t I paid $20 for it in 1988. Oh, I had the Griffey rookie and it had this and it had that. Hold on to all this shit. I carried that thing around. Finally, finally, close to my 40s, I fucking sold it and I got $20 for it. It was just saving your place. That was, <laughs> that was like, that was like a, 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 a non-interest Barry savings account is what <laughs> right, yeah. completely and you're waiting you're waiting for the payoff and waiting finally it got to the point what the fuck am I doing uh, I'm taking these cards every every time I move and go to a different state and this you know what <laughs> fuck you here just give me my money back luckily you know I didn't lose out but 
You know, we, we had that big promise when we were kids. Hang on to these cards, oh, guys. They're going to be worth big money. Get as many Griffey rookies and, and this as you can and Sheffield. I remember all this shit. Get these cards. So that's why I, you know, I like the Garbage Pail Kids, but when it came, you know, to put my money where my mouth is, I was buying the baseball cards, you know. And Dude, I think big I mistake. Right. Big mistake, man. You literally would have made tons more money on Garbage Pail Kids because, <laughs> like, literally, those, those are five cents each. And if you sold an entire set of of series like eleven right now, you would make sixty two dollars. <laughs> Shit, I could use it right now. Son. Exactly. <laughs> you made the complete wrong decision back then. Right? See? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I let everybody talk me into it because that's you know, and I think that was the reason because that was the big thing because those cards are worth big bucks from the forties and the fifties and whatnot. You know, when when you were an 80s kid and you heard about your parents they should have held on to this and the mickey mantle and this and they should have they would have had money so i guess we were supposed to learn from their mistakes and invest in these cards well you know apparently everybody had that idea so in other words shit but yeah garbage pail kids who would have who would have thought alex did you ever peel your stickers off and use them as stickers or did yeah. you leave them on the cart i did a few in the beginning and then um I was you like, realize that they're gone now? Was, yeah, and then I realized, don't do that. So, <laughs> so then I stopped doing it, but there were, you know. Yeah, I had messy Tessie on my pool filter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Garspo Kids disappeared in 1991 uh, officially. They, uh, or, sorry, 88, but they were, like, in stores till like, 91. Then they were gone from corner stores, pretty much. Came back in 2004 after the big internet resurgence in, like, 99, 2000. Uh, they started all new series, and they have been going and still going now. And I would say eighty percent of them absolutely suck. Yeah, I got some of the I got some of the first new ones, and they weren't very good. And so I just kind of stopped. You know? Oh, they're huh. bad. They're they weren't. Bad. They weren't really? good at all. Yeah, I made I made this video showing all the good ones in 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 the recent days, uh, but that's a whole other story we don't have time for. So. <laughs> So uh, we'll be right back with the Garbage Pail Kids movie review. Remember, guys, if you have no interest, just <laughs> stop the show, go to YouTube, watch the movie. See you later. Yeah, and catch a buzz. Catch a buzz. I strongly recommend, you know, indulge in whatever you like to indulge in and watch it. It makes the experience that much better. Yep, and then listen exactly. to this show with the same buzz, and there you go. Yeah, mainline something. Yeah. Shoot up, <laughs> snort up. <laughs> most hardcore drugs you got. Just That's don't cool. eat everything. <laughs> See, I think about weird stuff. Like, what would happen if E.T. and Mr. T. had a baby? Well, you'd get Mr. E.T., wouldn't you? And, you know, I think he'd sound a little something like this. Happy to who doesn't phone home. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to be Mr. T. right now. People are or are not passionate about classic horror like the 30s and 40s thing we did last october for the whole month of halloween which was some of my favorite stuff and i just listened to ryan lewis he did a a show on grave shift radio called uh two frankensteins and a bride or a bride and two frankenstein one of those two and i just heard it today and he said something really nice he said you know when you guys did that that really made me want to review the bride of frankenstein that is really great and um you know there's a few people who really dig that whole thing that we're doing jamie i don't know if you know this but the only way to get these movies in the old days 
was the legacy collections where you buy Frankenstein, then you buy Dracula, then you buy Mummy, then you buy Invisible Man, then you buy Creature in Black Lagoon, then you buy the Wolfman. And when you buy all these separate monsters, it has all of their sequels in this box set for each one of the people. Mm-hmm. Now, these were out of print for years, and they're out of print, so they're really rare. And if you went to buy them, they were like $80 if you went to buy them anywhere else. So now they reissued all of them. Well, not all of them. They just reissued Frankenstein and Dracula. So now you could buy those again in Walmart for 20 bucks each. Oh, wow. Yep. That's cool. They're only on DVD, believe it or not. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Aw. That's depressing. Are you, what are you going to sell me next? A fucking beeper? <laughs> like, okay, guys. We have car phones. Who wants a car phone? <laughs> we got the DVD of the Monsters Legacy Collection. We got beepers over here, car phones over here, and... Come get this Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Polaroid cameras. You can take a picture and it, it, it develops just like that. No more waiting in line. Like, come on, guys. Who is still making DVDs? I understand that when indie movies come out... They have to, those $10 movies that always come out in Walmart, they gotta be on DVD, I guess. It saves money, I guess. And plus you have a, a broader audience. And I don't even know how that's, who the fuck does not own a Blu-ray player? Tell me that! I don't think I know anyone who doesn't, but um, I'm sure there are people out there, you know. I don't know. Why don't Some people are reluctant to make the change. You know, maybe they have a huge library and then they don't want to but i mean the thing is even with a blu-ray player if you upgrade to blu-ray you can still watch your dvds it's not going to hurt anything mm-hmm. you know so you're not going to lose anything it's not like you have to replace everything you have because i certainly haven't i mean there are some dvds that i have that even if it came out on blu-ray i'm not going to replace it you know anytime soon because it's just not you know why bother um but yeah i'm not really sure i typed in something i want you guys to see the efforts made to put shit on blu-ray wait till you see this go to youtube and type in 100 years of universal restoring the classics it's a nine minute video about the efforts they go to to present these movies in the absolute best possible version you could possibly see the things they do to fix shit up when, when this shit like got faded, when it cracked, when it peeled, when it split. All the stuff that goes down. The fucking noise in the background. All this stuff. This stuff is now brought to you the way it was intended to be brought to you. And the fact... Well, why would you want to stay with DVDs and tapes? It just amazes me. I get the nostalgia. But in reality, just collect it and just leave it in your closet, man. Don't watch shit like that. It's blurry. It's just blurry. You're missing all the great stuff. You're not watching it like you did in the 80s. In the 80s, when that stuff went to the movie theater, it was clear as, as a fucking bell on, in, the, in the movies. It was great. When they when they decided to sell it to home audiences, the formats they put it on were garbage. You're not even looking at the whole goddamn movie because you're only looking at a box of it if you're watching a tape. And if it's DVD, it's fucking blurry. I hate pan and scan. Oh, God. I hate that. Yeah. Some movies, I mean, we we actually had this conversation. I mean, some movies don't benefit from a high definition transfer. Oh, only only the hidden, like when they try to hide stuff. You mean? Right, right. Um, like Sleepaway. For instance, Sleepaway Camp. The doorway scene is is the one that that 
springs to mind most easily. In Friday the 13th, the high-def transfer of that is uh, makes it really visible, um, the differences in the special effects, like the, the coloring differences between like the neck wound and uh, her regular face. But And the, and the toothpicks out of her neck. And the, still the rest of that the rest of that film is beautiful and so I don't mind seeing the warts that are there that are revealed by Blu-ray when the rest of the transfer is so incredible to look at it just right. is it's you know um, but I mean I guess that's true I mean but maybe some people don't want the illusion ruined yeah but is that really what they're holding on to probably not yeah exactly so it's like oh uh, no nah, because uh, I don't want the fucking neck to be a different color like, come on, dude. You're who, Most movies ha- don't even have this issue. It's just like um, people not willing to watch certain movies or, 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 whatever, or TV shows or whatever. Let's just take Breaking Bad, for example. Say, ah, I don't want to watch Breaking Bad. It just seems stupid and boring and whatever. And then you wait, and ten years later, somebody finally convinces you, and you watch it, and you're fucking head over heels in love with the show. Then you're going to say, God damn, I missed out on all these great times. And I think that's what you're going to do when uh, you have to watch Blu-ray eventually. You're going to say, shit, man, I could have seen all these things like looking fantastic, and I'm not. And I never did, and I wasted my life. That's how you're going to feel. I, don't, I think wasting their life is a little strong. <laughs> that's probably... <laughs> I've wasted my life. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably a little harsh, but... <laughs> Okay, you didn't live life to its potential. But I mean, these days, honestly, if you want the, if you care about the, if you care about extras, then you pretty much have to go Blu-ray these days because DVD, they don't have anything. And the the Blu-ray releases are what's getting all the good special features. Yeah, it is. Maybe some people don't care about that. I don't know. I mean, I don't care about that with every film. You know, that's, I mean, I'll be honest there. I don't, there are some movies that I really don't care about watching the special features for. But um, on the ones that I do care about, those are the ones that I upgrade as soon as I can. You know, those are the ones that, or the films that you just know would look spectacular if you could see them in a crystal clear transfer. Uh, Black Christmas is a movie that I really, really, really want to see on Blu-ray. I imagine it looks amazing because the DVD looks like shit. So I'm picturing this looking great. I should actually go on. If you ever want to know how good a movie looks on Blu-ray, go to blue-ray.com and you can see reviews and screenshots of every movie on Blu-ray. And you got, oh, not, some aren't actually there, but 90% are there, so... That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a great site. Uh, so the big one I want to see now is Silent Night, Deadly Night. That just came out on, on Blu-ray. And that's another shitty-looking movie. All these old Christmas movies are shitty-looking. Because the colors and the lights and just something about the browns and the tans and, and the, the way everything was, it just didn't look good on tape or DVD. It looked very... Grainy and washed out. Just Yeah, just really bad. So I, w- I really would love to see both those movies on Blu-ray. And now they're out. And you could buy, like, Black Christmas for, like, $7 right now. And the color palette that he used in that film is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is. And it, 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 that is a film that I think deserves, a, deserves being viewed in the best way possible. Right. 
Yeah, and I, like I said, I think that Black Christmas is as good as Halloween. I really do. I love Black Christmas. God, that movie's good. Yeah. People think that's crazy because Black Christmas isn't even like... If you do top 20 lists of everybody in the world, that might not even show up on over 50%. And Halloween will. And Halloween will most likely be number one. So how can you possibly say something like that? Because I don't think that necessarily how something was received has any bearing on what actually took place on film. No, and if anybody tells me that they don't think John Carpenter watched Black Christmas before he made Halloween, I'm calling bullshit on that. You know, I mean, that film, uh, it does not get the recognition it deserves. No. Honestly, it does not. And just like I don't think um, everyone wants to give a lot of recognition to Halloween. And uh, Halloween is a great film. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But uh, everyone wants to talk about when the slasher craze hit in the 80s. You know, Halloween is responsible for that. For that. It's really not. Friday the 13th is responsible for that. And yes, Friday the 13th was their response to Halloween. It was, look what Halloween did, let's do this. And Halloween is the whole reason that they cite for making Friday the 13th. True. But the slasher craze didn't hit until after Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look at which of those two films is actually the most influential, then Friday the 13th is going to be your winner. Because that's when slashers became... A celebration of gore and sex. And, you know, Friday the 13th is the reason you have Halloween, too. Of course. And that's when Halloween got slashery. It was because of Friday the 13th. Right. You would never have seen Halloween. You wouldn't. That would be a standalone, most likely. I don't really know, but I'm pretty sure it would have been standalone if Friday the 13th never existed and the world kind of just said, that was great. Yeah, you look at Halloween came out in 78. How many slasher films came out in 79? Nothing. Exactly. So then Friday the 13th came out in 80. After Friday the 13th came out, whoosh. I mean, it was just a huge push, and that's what everyone was doing. So even though Halloween may be the reason that Friday the 13th was made, Friday the 13th is inevitably the most influential as far as bringing on the slasher craze that it did. People argue with you and say, but there are a lot of movies that rip, were directly rips of Halloween more so than Friday the 13th, like Terror Train, like Final Exam. But I guarantee you that you're going to have, if you started to make a list of films that were clearly influenced by one or the other, your list is going to be way longer when it hits the Friday the 13th side. Because Halloween doesn't have... That I mean, it is a beautifully made film, but it doesn't have the things that we came to recognize as slasher film after Friday the 13th came out. You know, that's got blood. It's got gore. It's got sex appeal. And those are the things that people latched onto when they were making slashers in the 80s. Right. And and Halloween is, is always known as the franchise that, you know, first Friday was copying Halloween and then Halloween started copying Friday the 13th. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like you said, you wouldn't have Halloween 2 if you hadn't had Friday the 13th. Because Halloween 2 is the point, and which is why I love Halloween 2 as much as I do, because that's the point when it said, we're going to be like a slasher film. We're going to have tits and we're going to have blood and we're going to have, you know, that's that is when Halloween to me hit the slasher stride. And then, of course, for me, it was very short lived. That's really the only one. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of done with it after that. But it, um, no, I mean, Halloween 3 notwithstanding. 
you know, because it's not a slasher film. But isn't that cool? It's not even a slasher film. No, no, but it's fantastic. And of course, there was the sex scene in Halloween, and people, you know, people are going to bring that up too. But it's not. It's it's just not. It wasn't to the same level you know when when the, the craze really hit and they started just turning them out and turning them out and turning them out they zeroed in on two things you know basically blood and tit blood and tit yeah blood and tits and that's what they took from that and ran with it and that was what made the money that's what drawed the teenagers into the theater you know or drew not drawed <laughs> drawed them in <laughs> I've been hanging around you too long <laughs> yeah it done there drawed them in we should make a movie called Blood and Tits. I bet you and it would do would great. make money. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like, hey, did you hear about this guy, Alex and Jamie? They're like John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. And they made this movie, Blood and Tits, and it's actually really good. You really got to see this. And all of a sudden, we'll just take over. That's what we got to do. Get out of this rut. Yeah, because you don't get blood and tits in it at all anymore. No, you don't get that. So we have to we have to change horror. Make it about blood and tits for, for once. Come on. Yeah. No, I guess my whole point was just name it that. Get right to the point. You know, I can't come up with things like amniocentesis and fucking hypnogogic. <laughs> I gotta come up with blood and tits, sorry. I'm the man's man. Come on! This yuppie bullshit. <laughs> You're every man's filmmaker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know what you want. Did you ever read my Friday 13 Part 9 script? Tell me that's not what you want. We're, we're going to make a whole series. There's going to be bullets and car chases. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jason can also drive a car and put one hand out the window and shoot a gun. That I think that would be amazing to see that. Once upon a time, or was it more recently, there was a young boy named Dodger. <laughs> He was the sort of child who was always left out of things. Each day after school, Dodger works in a junk shop owned by the mysterious Captain Mancini. Which is broth and vampire's brew. Make these clothes as good as new. Dodger has never had a family or a friend he could call his own. Until now. What's that? <laughs> he came out to help us. Meet the garbage pail kid. Starring Nat Nerf. Windy Winston. Messy Tessie. Give him a chance, Tangerine. You'll like it. Ali Gator is Valerie Vomit. Lisa Gregg. Ah, I'm gonna get fired for this. Foul Phil. Nice to the topes. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. They may not be pretty, but boy, they make great friends. Starring Anthony Newley and Mackenzie Aston. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. We can do anything by working with, with, with each other. We can't even sing together. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. So here we are, guys. This is it. This is uh, the show you never thought you'd, you'd hear. 
Now, the reason why I want to <clears throat> get into this is because this was supposed to be a horror movie. It was supposed to be done by John Carl Buechler. <laughs> I thought you were going to say John Carpenter, sorry. <laughs> John Crappender was oh. supposed to do this. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, so Buechler was supposed to do it, and his idea was he wanted the Garage Pill Kids to be in an actual Garage Pill ki- uh, can, and someone throws something in it, they mutate into creatures who are killers, and they go around killing everybody. <laughs> wow. That would have been cool, cool too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know, Dave. I'd rather watch them so close, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking garbage bill sweatshop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Totally. This this movie raises so many goddamn questions. <laughs> so many questions I have. And it, it's incredible. I can't, it's brilliant. I can't even believe it. It's brilliant. It's all. It's all fucking social political commentary at its finest oh yeah and their message really got across <laughs> <in> it. <laughs> you know because the beauty is only on the inside people really picked up on that while Blythe and Wally were getting puked on at the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this movie gets 2.8 on IMDB it is 1987 Garbage Pail Kids the movie it is starring Phil Fondacaro who is the most famous midget of the 80s he played Greaser Greg Anthony Newley is a real actor. He played Captain Manzini. Mackenzie Aston is the kid from Facts of Life. He played <laughs> Dodger, and I actually uh... also Sean Aston's brother. Really? And huh. John Aston's son, uh, who played who played uh, Gomez on the Adams Family. Yep. And uh, Katie Katie Barbary plays Tangerine, and she's a very successful actress in Spanish television because she's actually Spanish. And huh. Ron <laughs> McLaughlin plays Juice. He's the main bully of the movie, and this is directed by Rod Amato, and uh, his son plays Juice's uh, henchman Wally. So, hmm. about three people actually wrote this movie, believe it or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I don't believe it. <laughs> it took three people to get this. Who saw it for the first time around? Uh, I guess Dave, right? Yeah, I did for the first time. Yeah. Okay. What do you think of the Garbage Pail <laughs> Kids movie? It's fucking. It's from a, fun. From a forty-year-old man. Here you go. <laughs> movie. It's a fun movie. I'll tell you what. It's um, but like I said before, um, don't watch it sober. That, that's all I could say. This is the perfect. Really, this is a great movie with the right crowd, the right people with you, and the right and catching the right buzz. Um, it, you'll have a good night. You it know? takes a lot to enjoy this, basically, is what he's saying. It doesn't take a lot. No, it doesn't. No, I'm just it's kidding. Not, it's not a lot, really. No, if you have the – even by yourself. I watched it by myself. And there was times where I wish I had people with me, the right people. It can't be, just be anybody. But uh, there was a few people that I wish were with me watching it and, you know, indulging under the same uh, <laughs> chemical buzz I was indulging. <laughs> and it it's... really is fun. All right, cool. Uh, so, Matt, you watched it in 19 blah, blah, blah. 88 or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I, I didn't even like it then. I remember I watched it multiple times, and I re- recall uh, after repeat viewings thinking, why am I watching this again? You know, I was just <laughs> so hard up for entertainment, I guess, but at the same time, I still didn't like it. Watching it now, I... I can't say I liked it, but if you want to laugh at something for its shortcomings and uh, the the idiotic 
ness of it all, then this is it. I mean, <laughs> this is some crazy ass shit here. <laughs> uh, Jamie, what do you think of, and what is your history with the movie and watch wise? Uh, my history is I saw it when it came out, and I I didn't really like it. Like I was I was kind of disappointed with some of the um, some of the characters, and then I just sort of forgot about it. When it came out on DVD, I got the DVD and I watched it again, and then it sat on my shelf until you said, "Hey, let's do it." Are you serious? It sat on your shelf for ten years. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it the once, you know, but then I, um, I hadn't watched it again until now. And, and to be honest, to be honest, when I watched it this time, I was in the beginning. I was just like, God, the humor is so bad. It's so <laughs> bad. And then watching all the kids, and then they're just like, meh, 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 and they're just and like Alligator, who was one of my favorite cards. Like I said earlier, he his character was completely on my nerves. But then as I got into it. Uh, I sort of felt a little bit differently about it. So, um, and which, you know, we can get into, but. Wow. Okay. I agree with that because by the time the third act happens, I'm more into it. Yeah. But I, I guess I was just like, and this time. just. there are things just, about it I really do like. Yeah. Yeah. This time I was just sitting there arms folded, like, you know, halfway <laughs> through the movie. I'm like, nope, nope, this isn't, this isn't a thing that should have happened. But by the end of it, I'm like, all right. All right, I kind of get this. I kind of get what's happening. So awesome! Um, like I said, I I've watched it. You know, obviously I like it. Um, <clears throat> I understand that it's technically not good. I do understand that. Um, I could see why people wouldn't. But then again, I also, you know, I mean, I just get lost in it. Oddly enough, I here's what I think about it. Like, I think everybody did a good job. I know you guys are going to go, what? But I think everybody <laughs> did a convincing job of acting when it comes to Dodger, Tangerine, and believe it or not, Juice, too. Um, you might oh, yeah. think he was very stiff and wooden, but it just really worked for what he looked like, what they had him do, and all that type of shit. So if if you're given that script and you look that part, that is exactly how it should be played. I mean, I don't think there's anything. I, I love that character, actually. Uh, Dodger, uh, how he was able to to, uh, to sell the scenes as if they were reality and, and play the truth of the scene, I don't even know how he did that. I think it's uh, an incredible. Like, I couldn't imagine treating this like it was serious. Like, playing this movie straight must be a fucking task. Obviously, mm-hmm. the bad acting... Uh, was clearly from uh, the henchmen, Wally and Blythe. Those are terrible actors. Um, you know, a lot of the extras are whatever. Uh, the guards at the place that we'll talk about later, they're horrible actors. Um, uh, the Garspill kids themselves, I feel like they were pretty talented people delivering those lines. Uh, they they did a convincing job, you know. It, I didn't think anything was off with that. Um now let's it, get. But it didn't match up with their the, the, the mouths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big problem for me. It was like watching a, a foreign uh, Italian slasher or something like that. <laughs> Nothing was syncing up at all. It's like Godzilla is coming to the village, and it's like <laughs> right. it does not match the fucking mouth. Yeah, that's the problem. These animatronics. So okay, so I didn't even talk- care. I didn't even care about that. It was just part of the charm in, in a weird way. It was this yeah, movie was totally eighties. 
eighties. Oh, this movie was so eighties oh. from like, like from its very core, and that's one totally. of the things like I can't wait to talk about is is uh, yeah. I mean, what, yeah. one of the things I like about it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> so, so the garbage pail kids in this movie are Alligator, Greaser, Greg, Valerie Vomit, Wendy Winston, Phil uh, Foul Phil. Messy Tessie and Nat Nerd. Um, okay, let's go with the looks of these Garbage Pail Kids. Um, they <laughs> looked nothing like the cards at all in any way. And they actually repainted all of those Garbage Pail Kids. And they actually released four of them officially for movie promotion. And they hmm. redid the cards with the look of the fucking movie. And it is scary looking, man. Hmm. That's strange. Yeah, it's weird though. But uh, it's cool. It's whatever. But, yeah, they don't look anything like it. What did you guys think? Like, let's just say if you can go back into your child mind or even Dave knowing what Garage Pill Kids look like. Same when you... thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you looked at these things, wh- what do you think when it comes to uh, I'm now seeing Garage Pill Kids come to life? It's funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. And some of them are gross. Some of them I didn't even like to look at. Uh, and uh... – Others were just humorous because of the way they looked. What the hell? Why was um? What's his name? Greaser Greg, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fucking Fonz wannabe. Okay, <laughs> right? Hey, hey, chicks is chicks, and I know my chicks. <laughs> he was entertaining, but let me see. Why was he? Let me ask. Why was he a garbage pail? Good. What was fucked up about him besides the fact that he was a greaser? Like, what was the card exactly. looking like? Exactly. And he had a that. big head, and he was a midget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weren't they all? I don't know. Were they yeah, real? Yeah. I'm get to that right? too. Yeah. Okay. Well, first I'll answer this, then we we'll get into the midget thing for Matt. <laughs> uh, basically, garbage pail kids, dude. I mean, they just take. Like literally, I'm looking at one right now because I even have the, the the folders that kids had brought to school, like those big gigantic folders. Oh yeah, I remember those. Yes, yep. I got oh. like four of them right here. That's and cool. so Jelly Kelly, I'm looking at. It's just a girl on the phone eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and the shit splatter all over. Meaning also that also she... known as Babbling Brook. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, oh, yeah. So yeah. basically, nothing has to happen to them. They just are. Okay, basically what Garage Pill Kids are, you could say you're into anything in the world and there's a Garage Pill Kid of it. Mm, if you're gotcha. into swimming, if you're into Harley Davidson's, if you're into tennis, if you're into bowling, if you're into anything. Right. Anything. Yeah. Anything happening. If you're into ping pong, if you're into fucking marble, Graffiti. Graffiti. Anything. There's a Garage Pill Kid. Anything. Yeah. I guess I couldn't see why he was one because every other garbage pill kid in this movie, I could picture what would be on their card. You know what I'm saying? And it would be something gross or funny or yeah. whatever. One but throws him, up, one snots. Yeah, you know, one farts. Yeah, one pees. Yeah. One's ugly one, and pees. One's an alligator. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but this one. Toes. I toes. Yeah, well, the one, the, the shocking thing, you know, because the garbage pill kids were shocking. The shocking thing about Greaser Greg was that he was holding a knife. In the card. Okay, so he's just a fucking punk. Just a West Side Story greaser fucking... Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so now let's get into the people portraying Garbage Pail Kids. Matt, what did you think of midgets portraying Garbage Pail Kids? Okay, guys, wouldn't it be so much better if they just had, you know, filmed regular size actors and then somehow, you know, made them smaller through the magic of filmmaking? <laughs> Yeah. They wouldn't have like, been 
waddling around and with their giant heads almost falling over <laughs> and their, their little arms and stuff like that. I don't know. Oh, but, but think about the fucking think about it back then and, and the kind of CGI they had. It would have looked terrible if they did yeah, that. Yeah, that would look people. terrible. Yeah. It would look That's like what? Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, the new one, yeah. right? Right. No, no, saying. no. I meant the old one where the little no, kid. the old shrunk. one. Yeah, where the kid shrunk himself. What was wrong with the old? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Oompa Loompas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're midgets. <laughs> right, exactly. They had to be. Imagine if they would have had CGI ones in fucking the original. They were perfect the way they were. But even in the, the Tim Burton one, the new one, it doesn't fucking make it. That CGI is average, I guess, for you know the time it came out, but it doesn't look right. It, it was so much better when they all had a specific thing in the original Willy Wonka. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right? What the fuck was that all about with the fucking the Indian well, that, guy? Well, that movie sucks, but... The new one, yeah. But you gotta go with midgets, Matt. That's why. Midget- well, what if they told you that there were children in those costumes and right. not midgets? That would that better. make a difference? Yeah. Well, it would have made a difference because they wouldn't have moved like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know a midget when you see a midget. <laughs> no, I'm no, sorry. I, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the funniest shit was when they were passing the bag of clothes up the stairs and fucking Greaser Greg gets knocked the fuck over and he's waddling up to get up again. Oh my god. That was so funny. See, I, mean, I love to watch them run because like their legs don't go like this direction. No. Like, oh no, they don't. They're like, they're like side, 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 side. Yeah. <laughs> and when Greaser Greg's putting the bike away and he walks back to the Captain Manzini store, his legs, it's like, oh my god, that's a midget. <laughs> It's a fucking midget with a gigantic head on. <laughs> I didn't huge even fucking head. Yeah, dude, I didn't even get none of that registered with me at all. I was, I was too you know compelled what? because they were all the characters. Was compelled. <laughs> I was, they were larger than life characters. <laughs> they really were. I was watching this movie. Like, oh, they were. It, it was. They were interesting looking. They were. Fucking... And here's your Oscar for Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> they were just larger than life characters. Best actor. Here you go. <laughs> They just blew me away. Just their appearances blew me away. I, I wasn't even thinking about what was underneath. It could have been anything, and I went. I was just blown away by their appearances. They were. Ve- they're very. Uh, I don't know. That's. A, that, they were compelling to look at. Some of them gross. I, I really had a difficult time watching the fucking Zip Boy. Nat, yeah, Nat, yeah he's I, hard I, to watch. I can't really. It was gross. He was like deformed. You know how I am with with deformities. That's, <laughs> You know, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that looked it looked too real to me. That fucking shit. It's still real to me. Damn it! I'm taking you both to a freak show. Well, the the you know, honestly, we talk a lot about midgets that honestly didn't affect me in this in any way because they're so freakish with their gigantic heads that you can't you can't not just look at their faces. I think the whole time. And they're (laughs) yeah, right. I really never even thought about the whole midget aspect after five minutes, you know, because I just thought they're too fucking crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so right away that was the first thing you picked up on is that they were midgets. Of course. Are you kidding? (laughs) Dude he has a phobia, of course. Right, exactly. Okay. I can see that. I guess that's what yeah. So you do have a phobia. That's okay. So be it. I, I, I don't. It's okay. Phobia, I, I, but I'm, I've been I'm playing it up. Mine. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. I'm, <laughs> Everybody knows mine. I got mine too. You got yours. My wife is the exact same way, man. Exact. Matter of fact, we went to fucking the fish. She hates white people. <laughs> 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 
Hey, there was two black garbage pail kids in this movie, man. Yeah, they were. Yeah, well, no I'll get shit. To that in a second, I'll get to that. <laughs> and the fucking ratio was incredible. I mean, there's only uh, how many? I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them, and two are black. I don't think Wait, that was, one was. Was black. Alligator White? No, he was black. <laughs> you know what? He looked, he looked Samoan to me. He was just he Cajun. Like a, no, I'm telling you, he looked Samoan completely. The shirt he had on, the way he looked, his color, Samoan. his hair. He looked Alligator? Alligator? No. <laughs> <laughs> Alligator. What was the farter? The guy that farts. Him. What's his name? Wendy Winston. Wendy Winston. Yeah, that dude was black as fuck. <laughs> he, he, he looked Samoan to me. I could totally buy it. He looked like a fucking, uh, uh, I don't know, The Rock or something. Shrunken. <laughs> yeah. Samoans yeah, represent. Well, this movie did hit rock bottom, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I, I love it. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. Um, the the mouths not matching. The faces are so fucking hideous. The eyeballs on Alligator <laughs> were freaking me the fuck out. When that guy was like looking around and his mouth was fucking chomping away, and I'm like, what the fuck is he even looking at? I don't fucking get it. <laughs> it was freaking me out a little bit. Like if you just played a clip of that on a loop. With like some weird trippy ass music behind it, you would fucking freak out, dude. It's like this. Here's here's their method. They said, "Well, let's we have to make these things look real." So when Dodger or Captain Manzini or whatever are talking, let's just have them move their eyes around like real people, <laughs> you know. Right. So they just randomly fucking look around. And it's like, <laughs> what are you looking at? Like real right. people either look at you or they look at the floor. They don't look <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, like, constantly moving their eyes all shifty like, <laughs> who is this fucking asshole? What is he doing? And even the opening scene, uh, after, well, once they get into the shop, like the fucking pictures were looking, their eyes were moving around. What the fuck was up with that? So oh, many yeah. questions. Yes. Oh, what was up? Like, was it, what? What? <laughs> I don't even yeah. get that. Who was what that? was up with that? Who was that? Nobody knows. I thought it was going somewhere, but it never... I mean, the only thing you could take from that is that Captain Manzini knows magic, clearly. You know, he's doing the, send the kids back in the pail. Really black magic, according to the book that he's reading. Right. Really black magic. Yeah, right. (laughs) And even when he made... He's like, something's us, and vampires brew. Make these clothes as good as new. And the the, the washing machine starts up. Like, clearly he's into that. So I... I, That's all I'm taking from it. I don't know what that's all about. Before we get too far, I have a question about the opening credits, believe it or not. Okay, so it starts with a gigantic garbage pail flying through space, and the credits are coming at us via cards and stuff like that. It's pretty cool, actually. But are we to believe that the garbage pail kids are from outer space? Is that what? Unfortunately, yeah. Okay, is that ever conveyed later in the movie, or is it just no, the beginning? No, never, ever. Okay, I was confused oh. as fuck. Yeah, okay. Awesome. That's why this movie okay. is awesome. I'll tell you. Like that. I'm not kidding you. fucked it up. I love it. It's fucking, what everybody says about Troll 2, this is a fucking thousand times better than fucking Troll 2. This, kept, this is so bad, it's good in the best possible fucking way. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, it was great. And I, I, this, I I tell you what, it's tailor made for acid. I don't do acid, (laughs) but I did acid years ago. You know, (laughs) when Matt said trippy a minute ago, I'm thinking, man, this would be great on acid. Oh my god, right? 
Wow. Yep. This, I, I'm loving Dave. I think he's my new best friend today. Right on. What do you mean new? What the fuck? I know. We've been. We've been. <laughs> but I, I'd like, can you be a better best friend? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the man. <laughs> they just don't answer anything. But here's the most bizarre part of that fact. Let's just say we're going to go along with, okay, they're aliens from God knows where the fuck, maybe a garbage can uh, planet or something. And they they just randomly, I guess, hit Earth, yet they're completely sure that other friends are there. What what do you guys... Yes. Something. Oh, we're looking for our friends. Like, why would they be here? And are, there's not a lot of you. I mean... I, I don't know. I've I don't think anyone in the world has ever seen anybody that looks like this. Like clearly, they're a rare breed, but they're completely convinced that other yeah. people that look like them are there. We never yeah. see them. We have no idea who the fuck they're talking about. But yet, that's like an impetus of the movie is them trying to find their friends and stuff like that. But oh, it's dude, crazy. Where where, wow. where did you come from? As far as I know, you came out of this garbage that was in this guy's fucking crazy ass Friday 13th the TV series shop yes and, <laughs> and and he's trying to get you back in where are the others I don't I don't get it so much they just leave unexplained it's crazy they talk about their friends and I don't know how many watches it took me to realize that we never see these assholes I mean <laughs> they, they build this up and they talk about oh there's other ones they're banana and uh, you know. yeah, they're looking for them through in the other in the alley garbage cans. Yeah, right. They're supposedly locked up, and, and we'll we'll get to that soon. And um, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. And yeah. it never the, the the huge payoff of the movie never happens. I guess they just didn't want to waste money making more paper mache puppets <laughs> or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Which that is was. a shame because I wanted more. You know. Yeah. I mean, we spent so much time with these seven. I wanted them to explore the world deeper because there are so many others and so many better ones. <laughs> and I, I wanted to – I'm like, okay, where are they? You know, they're looking for them. I'm like, we're going to get to see them. No, we don't. I was really disappointed because this – I mean, the the – by the, by the time this movie came out, there were so many Garbage Pail Kids to choose from that – and we only got stuck with this handful – and I was mainly disappointed with the ones that they chose. So I was really hoping that they w- that we would get to see more, you know, when we went to the place. But we didn't. They met a dark end, it's, it seems. Yeah, they were you're killed. And we'll get to that. Alex, I was going to ask you. <laughs> I thought I missed that in the plot. I thought I, when they got to it, I'm like, aren't they here to get a friend? And I was going to ask you about <laughs> this. I thought maybe I missed something in the plot. Maybe I thought I heard that they thought they had a friend there, and I was just wrong. Because, you know, my attention isn't, you know, it's documented. We're goldfish, sure that, we know. Yes, I'm a goldfish, yes. So <laughs> um, I, that, I was confused about that. I was going to ask you, but then you guys just brought us. I'm like, okay, now that, this is what I enjoyed about the movie. Yes, it's fucked up that it wasn't there, but that is one of the, the the best things about it. That's why it's so bad it's good. Yeah. I'm glad they weren't there just because you can laugh at the movie for that, and that's what's fun about it. Yeah, that they built up this whole thing to nothing. And it's funny that the Garage Pill kids they even hinted were here. Uh, Messy Tessie was like, ultraviolet, banana, when she was looking in the garbage in the alleys. Uh, one of them is just a, a garbage kid with a sunburn, and the other one is a banana, which I posted on Banana Laser's Facebook. <laughs> so it's <laughs> just a banana. They were looking for a banana in a garbage. 
<laughs> shouldn't be hard to find. Yeah, it's at horophilia.com. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the opening scene after we get past what we already talked about, um, Cap- Captain Manzini just trusted that these things would stay in it. And God knows how they fucking fit in this garbage can is beyond <laughs> me. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> and, well, he, and, and why does he have them? Why is he the collector? I don't understand. Why is he the keeper of these things? <laughs> and here's another thing. The whole movie, he's trying to remember uh, a thing to get him to go back in there. Well, they they get out in the first scene of the movie right. and get back in. Because they're afraid that he'll find them. Oh, yeah. He puts the but, thing but on then, the top. Yeah. Yeah, the very beginning has yeah. them sneaking around and fucking shit up and all this <laughs> stuff. But then they get back in. But then later, when they're released by Dodger, they just stay out. They're like, ah, fuck it. You know, what's he gonna what's Cat Manzini gonna do now? Right. Nothing. They were afraid that they were fucking shit up at night, and he's like, If I see anybody up here, I'll be very surprised. And you're wondering, like, okay, so what does that mean? He knows that they're there. Or they, is he telling them, like, I, I better not see you guys out? I don't even know what he really meant when he said that. It's not like he ever threatened them or anything like that. And he obviously didn't even know how to keep them contained or anything yeah, like that. he puts a so. fucking scuba helmet on top of a garbage can. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And they literally could not get it off. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Oh, that's great. Holy fuck. The opening scene, two punk gang members are chasing a 14-year-old boy in an open daylight park. And it's so open that you can see somebody throwing a frisbee and a dog's catching it in the background. Like, they're not hiding the fact that they're chasing a boy to to inflict harm on him. You get introduced to Juice, Tangerine, his girlfriend, Blythe. A gang member and Wally. I guess that's. I guess their boyfriend and girlfriend. And uh, so he's like, you know, you you can't beat Juice's lines, man. He's like, dude, gimme. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got any money. And the girl's like, if he ain't got money, he ain't got nothing. And it's like, God, you give up quick. Okay, creep, gimme. I don't have any money. If he ain't got money, he ain't got nothing. You're running out of time, creep. No, please. Little baby gonna cry. <laughs> Uh, here's the question I have with this scene. Okay, we're introducing Dodger, Tangerine, all these characters. Juice, what the fuck be, it, does Juice want with a 14-year-old's <laughs> fucking chump chains? <laughs> Why is he chasing down four people? Four people are chasing down a 14-year-old. <laughs> this makes no sense to get his fucking milk money or some shit. $2. Shit is, yeah, exactly. But then later in the movie, uh, you see Juice. He's, like, making a phone call, and he, it's kind of alluding that he's, like, a drug dealer or something. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, when the stuff gets over the border, get it to the warehouse. Yes. Yeah, he's exactly. a drug dealer. So it's like, wait a minute. Are <laughs> Why are you fucking around with this kid if you're dealing drugs across borders? I don't fucking understand. <laughs> this shit is hilarious. Yeah, you really dude. need that kind of heat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, He's I need five a- bucks for a sandwich. Uh, hey, that kid over there, let's go fucking harass him and get his money. Jesus. He's an all-around bad guy. That's the point they're making with him. That's yeah, it. exactly. Is he so bad he has nothing better to do on an afternoon than chase around a 14-year-old? 
<laughs> I'm telling you, you got to look yeah. at this movie through the eyes of an eight-year-old. It's if, if you're an oh, eight-year-old and you see that, it's like, oh yeah, he's the bad guy. Of course, he's going to chase this this guy who's an adult to me, this 14-year-old, and take all of his money because he's bad. <laughs> you know what? I think that it's for 14 and 15-year-old kids at the time. No way. That's the demographic. You are high off your ass. No fucking 10, 11, way. 12, man. Dude, 15 is way too old for this yep. movie. Yep. I actually know somebody. Uh, I was just talking to somebody today who said they were 15 when this stuff was out. And they were just half into it. They were like, "Yeah, they're cool," and and they gave these like you know pity pity attempts to to do stuff. Yeah, I collect them. I I really wasn't into it. And it's just because once you're 15, it, it's right at that moment where the shit passes. And even I, when I was 15, I was not into it. You know, I got back into it. You know, years later, uh, when somebody yeah, like, these are these I are dick 13. and fart jokes. That's all it is. Dick and fart jokes stop being funny around you know, 15. And then they get funny again as you get an adult and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just a kid. I, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when you're grasping for that youth is when you find, you know. Eggs, get- yes, exactly. Did anyone find it bizarre that the whole film was was a, was based around this 14-year-old trying to get this adult? I mean, she, she was living, she was living on her own. She's clearly, I mean, she's going to dance clubs to sell her clothing. She's, you know, she's clearly an adult, yet the Garbage Pill Kids are helping this kid get his Mac on so he can gain the attention of this chick who is, that would, is so illegal. I mean, she's, if she touches him, she's going to jail. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching this like, this is, I understand that, uh, that 14 year old boys would be all about tangerine. I get that. I get oh, that. Yeah. I, I but today. <laughs> realistically, that is not normal. I mean, it's not normal for that to be the whole point of the movie. You know, it's right. <laughs> we have to keep almost drilling it into your heads that this is a children's movie. You know, you're tr- you're watching a 14 year old hook up with an like an adult chick, and who's think about it like this: she's with juice. That is the level she's at. And this kid who's a foot shorter and all this shit trying to hook up with her and and these guys trying to help him do it uh, reluctantly through the most bizarre method ever. And we'll get to that. Do you know what's so funny about uh, Mackenzie Aston in this movie, his character? To me, it's the exact same role he played on The Facts of Life. Exactly. He was dressed the same. He acted the same. He flirted with older chicks that were out of reach. Uh, it was 100%. I think that he was filming it at this time, doing one in the morning and doing one at night. Well, yeah, I mean, he pretty much was. Like, this is when he was yeah. at his height. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, and it is exactly the same character. It It is – he is so one-dimensional at this point. <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, in real life, they're only a year apart in age. Fucking yep. Yeah. Wow. Want to hear something crazier? In the interview I did with Mackenzie Aston, they were dating when this movie started. (laughs) Yes! What? Good for him. That's how she got the job. He recommended her. Could you imagine? He was fucking Tangerine in real life. Wow. Dude. Yeah, yeah, he had to climb that mountain. Holy shit. (laughs) Now, Tangerine, looking at her now... When I was a kid, I would have thought she was hot, you know, and I could understand that now to this day. And that's what separates her from like, 
you know, that 80s style, it isn't just that, but, like, some girls you have nostalgia for, it isn't really the case. She actually is pretty. Because, like, you guys, well, Alex, you remember Wendy Richter, right? The woman's wrestler? No? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I was a kid, I thought she was hot, right? Now, years later, when I go back and watch it, not in the fucking slightest. Nothing, yeah. No, and it, it, see, that was nostalgia on the 80s style. She was kind of dressed that way like this chick was. Mm-hmm. But in this case, she actually is pretty. Yeah, well, she's a Spanish chick. She's actually insanely successful in Spanish television. So <clears throat> she's uh, obviously my uh, liking. <laughs> so, uh, so okay, so here's where it gets really weird. Like, Matt is wondering why Juice is so interested in harassing this 14-year-old. He takes it to levels that are fucking insane. And this is right off the bat. Uh, Tangerine Dodger lures her in with some shit. She leaves her friends, goes into Captain Manzini's shop. He's saying, hey, I got a lot of shit for you to make your clothes, for your designs. He gives her beads and shit. She finally finds a pin that she likes. She goes, how much is this random pin that looks like nothing? And he just closes her hand. He, He touches her hand to close it. Uh, and saying it's yours, you don't have to pay for anything. My boss will be pissed, but what, you know he makes two dollars a day. But I'll uh, make it even worse by giving this away to you. <laughs> so he gives her the pin, and then Juice comes in. He goes, "You touch my woman, creep!" Like Juice, what was he doing the whole time? <laughs> he was just like, "What the fuck?" As soon as he touched her, he walked in. You touch my woman, creep. My woman's creep. No, no, no. It was just... Baby, come on. He's just a kid. He's about 12 years old. I'm 14. I'm almost 15. He's not worth the time it'll take to beat him up. Forget him. Come on. Let's go have some fun. Wish I could help you, baby. But the little creep's got to be taught a lesson. It's a matter of principle. Oh, yeah? I think it's just a matter of you liking to see people bleed. And she's like, oh, Juice, don't do anything. He's like... Sorry, I wish I could help you, baby, but it's a matter of principle. And then uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I just think you like to see people beat up. And it's like, oh, shit, he's going to be pissed. He just stands there staring at her. Then they have this whole fight, and Dodger, to beat this gang of bullies, he starts dribbling a basketball. Oh my ridiculous God, this fucking scene ridiculous. is fucking so stupid. He's in so like funny. a five-foot radius, and he's... He's maneuvering, you know, around these two fucking assholes. And, uh, and yeah, the dribbling a basketball to get away to distract this fucking asshole. This, this shit is fucking hilarious. Spinning it on his finger. <laughs> it's so bad, it's good. And I love the guy was thrown off. He didn't know what to do. Oh, my God. He's got a basketball. Uh, Juice, what do I do? Juice, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, you didn't say anything about basketball. What the fuck? <laughs> and then there's the skateboard gimmick yeah. where he oh slides a skateboard at him and the asshole falls on his ass. I mean, clearly, again, you know, kids, you know, this is kids humor. They're they're making like this is totally normal. And, you know, there's nothing cartoonish. Let's just keep going. Let's try. And then Juice points to him. The guy gets up and goes after him again or some shit. The girl kicks him. He looks up and down her leg. And he's like, hmm. And then Tangerine <laughs>, laughs and shit. It's just like crazy. So... Juice goes to punch Dodger, and he ends up punching a foot taller than Dodger is and punches his own guy in the face. (laughs) But eventually, they get Dodger. They take him outside. She goes, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to send the scuzzball on a little journey. And then they lift a fucking manhole. 
the unattractive chick lifts the man whole. Yeah. Oh, Which, yeah. by the way, oh, oh so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> as, pretty as, as pretty as Tangerine was, other one was not. Yeah, she's oh not. God, she was. I would rather fuck the one the, the other guy, her boyfriend. I think. <laughs> than that chick. Oh my God. Yeah, Ugh. she's 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 a beast. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna send the scuzz ball on a little journey. Oh come on, juicy baby, no. Let's go play. <laughs> See you later, creep. Yeah. And they stuff him head first. Now, this is all for touching Tangerine's hand. Stuff him into his sewer, kick him down. He's Almost knocked. Kill him. Yeah, <laughs> strap him. They take he, Juice takes Tangerine's belt, straps him to pipes, and turns on the shit. No, he couldn't do it. They have to get the Beast Woman to turn the fucking. <laughs> right. Fucking <laughs> <Like> China. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she is. She's China. Right? Pretty much. <laughs> That's where China got her gimmick, man. <laughs> they turn a shit pipe on, and it just spews shit on the kid, and they just leave him for dead. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, one man. thing I do, I want to point out, though, is when you're in the sewer, if you pay attention to the back wall of the sewer, they have these arrows pointing, and it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. city zoo, and one of them, and I thought it was really clever and really funny, is that one of them said, um, primetime television. So basically, they're saying that primetime TV is in the sewer, you know. And I thought that was kind of funny. The one that says toxic waste did not did that not make you think of Jason Takes Eight? Yes, yes, it really does exist. Going to be a kid. Oh wait, he already is a kid. He's going to be. Yeah, maybe maybe he woke up and he was Dodger. <laughs> this, wow! Nice. Holy shit! Jason becomes Dodger. Mind blown! Holy fuck! And off wow. we go. What else is funny too is that back, if they're saying primetime TV was in the shitter back then, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't know anything. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, do you guys think the intent of this movie was to be so bad it's good? Or do you think that uh, when they're doing this no. basketball scene, for example, and this, no. you don't think it's occurring to them that, that none of this is making sense? And that no, they're making people the are going to be second guessing. They were making a kids movie straight up. They just didn't have all the shortcomings of this comes from not having any money. The Garbage Pail Kids, as hilarious as they look, they look fucking terrible. All the acting, you know, and, and sets and, and and there's no sense to the plot and stuff like that there yeah there's no budget to it all they they were just making a kids movie i don't think they thought they were making a bad movie on purpose i don't think so no i think i mean i think that if you look at it like all of the humor and everything would it fits within what a kids movie would be at least back then you know, like mm-hmm. I honestly don't think they could make a kids movie like that now. No, no way. Um, <laughs> but back then, that was you know, that was kids movie. I'll even say it's thirteen, thirteen years old. I said fifteen before. I can see where I'm wrong. I wouldn't really say ten. I guess I'm thinking of my daughter being eight and thinking in two years. I don't think that she would. I don't know. Uh, so uh, you know, either way, I'm saying thirteen just because of that. That that's their demographic. But honestly, that's my in my opinion. But now the revenue it should be getting – well, not a revenue, but the attention it should be getting should be from fucking adults that want to catch a buzz. Definitely. And, and watch <laughs> Absolutely. it so bad yes. it's good. They want to watch Things, were, control things were different when we were kids though. 
You know, mm-hmm. a lot more a lot more was acceptable when we were kids and a lot more I mean it it's just like like in like say for instance like Monster Squad. You know, in Monster Squad which I saw as a kid and loved as a kid and all of that when I watched it most recently to to we were doing a show on kid-friendly horror films. I mean, Dracula calls the little 5-year-old girl a bitch. Yeah, right. You know, in that movie. And like I like I don't know if parents would be okay with that now. You know, I mean, like back when we were kids, it didn't matter. But like, I don't know, would they be okay with that? You know, some grown man, like you little bitch. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of harsh. Um, not but, in a movie that's trying to make money, no. You know, well, you know, I guess that's true. independent shit, sure, but not not this not this type of thing. During this fight with the basketball, we're talking about the garbage can actually falls off a shelf. The guy pushes juice out of the way, and they get up, throw a Dodger in the sewer. And when the garbage can falls over, none of these kids fall out of it or anything. I mean, it, nobody looks in it. Nothing happens. Just green slime comes out. And yet, we're to believe that somehow seven of those things are in this and are hiding. Or maybe it's like another dimension, like when they go it's in like it. It's like Mary Poppins' bag. <clears throat> yeah, when they go <laughs> in it, it's like a dimension. Like when they, like when uh, Roger Cobb smashed his medicine mirror and there was like a whole world behind it. Like... I don't know. Maybe that's what that was. I have no clue. So Dodger takes the blame for some reason, saying he he's the reason they're out, blah, blah. I don't know why he just didn't tell the truth. That bothers me. I don't like that he gets the blame for that because it wasn't his fault. Yeah, he goes, you don't understand. He goes, I wouldn't or something, and that's it. That's his punishment for giving that thing away to that girl. He's costing that guy money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kids, the Garageville kids, they meet Dodger. They, they all have introductions. Uh Fucking Greaser Greg pulls a knife on him or something right away. I don't even know. <laughs> Nat, Nat pees himself, of yeah. course, for the first time of like, I don't know, eight times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Nat Nerd, I mean, him peeing himself, man. That, I don't think I ever thought that was cool. No, it's stupid in the beginning and it's stupid throughout the film. It happens yeah. constantly. I could have done like, without uh, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually gross. Every other joke in the movie, I'm fine with. The farting, the right. fucking, the Puking. snot, I don't like everything. The snots, but, but whatever. <laughs> for some reason, the urine, I'm just like, nah, it's just, when you see it for real, it's like, ah, <laughs> just, no, it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just weird. The, you know, these kids somehow know everything about Dodger and Tan- they They know who Tangerine is. I don't even know how. And uh, they know he's trying to get her and stuff like that. So one day he just comes downstairs and he and he's like, they're like, "What's wrong?" He's like, oh, "I'm just bummed out." You thinking about that girl, Kumquat? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> And they're like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "No, her name's Tangerine." And then and then you know this and that. And so he's like, uh, "We're gonna help you get her." You know, I'm glad Garshfield kids, a kids movie, they're gonna get. He's gonna get her, which usually yeah. means fuck her. So, um, basically they make him this horrendous looking Michael Jackson glitter jacket. (laughs) Which I wouldn't have thought was cool even back then. No way. (laughs) Still, it's still not the worst outfit that Dodger wears in this movie, but go go ahead. 
We'll come back to that later. <laughs> and it's funny, like a lot of these things, like we say, even then, even then, whatever. Nat Nerd, uh, his pissing wasn't funny when I was 8, 18, 28, or 34. <laughs> There's no time that that's cool. Uh, nope. <laughs> and the same with this jacket. I don't know when this would be cool. So Dodger goes down into Tangerine's own place that she has. At 14 years old or 16, whatever she was, she lived alone. Uh, and but guys, it, am I the only one? Did Tangerine not come off? Didn't she seem like she was 24? Why 24? <laughs> That's very specific. I'm just curious. I'm just going 10 years over what she is. Oh, I see. I would, I would say, guess that. I would say like 20 or, you know. Yeah, I would have said 20, 21 is how old Juice and Dodger. I mean, not Dodger, Tangerine. Right. And that whole gang is, yeah. Yeah, Juice was 22 and Tangerine was 20, uh, duh, four, 16 or something like that. Hmm. So that was incredible. Yeah, I, would think, I would have thought she was older than that for sure. There was actually something that she said in the film that made me think she was like 19, but I don't remember now what that was. I don't know. It's just weird. Everything about this is weird. Like a 16-year-old girl and Juice is making out with her and he's like 22. <laughs> well, a creep like Juice, that's right up his alley. I mean, he's stealing you know, milk money from 14-year-olds. He's going to make out with a 16-slash-18-year-old. <laughs> Makes sense for Juice. Right. She looks totally fuckable. I would have fucked her, so she has to be 18. Well, see, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's why it. I arrived That's at. how you gauge age. <laughs> exactly. Would I fuck her? Yes. What about that crotch shot, man, when she's on the couch and she crosses her legs? Dude, what, a, what about when she touches her boob and they do an extreme close-up <laughs> on it just so yeah, you get my like, heart. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What the fuck? Like, dude, if you're not jerking off to that, I don't know what you did. <laughs> and they shot this. This is not this is not right. It's just No, crazy. it's not right at all. Yeah. Like the the funniest thing is he goes to her basement and says, She's like, Well, where'd you get this? He's like, I made it. She's like, What? Yeah, I made it. As she, as he's saying that, she pulls it like open. There's a fucking big gigantic tag inside the thing. <laughs> clearly, no, you bought this, bro. You don't. I don't think you're sewing your own wash. How to wash this shit into your clothes, right? <laughs> it's just crazy, dude. Like cold only, <laughs> delicate cycle. <laughs> right away, he goes from just showing her that he has a jacket to being obligated to make more to sell them instantly. Hi, Tangerine. Wow. Where did you get those clothes? That is some coat. I I made it. What? I made it. You made this? Would you like it? It's not bad. some why well i was just thinking maybe i could sell them for you you know along with mine i mean i could try you know that jacket makes you look uh older i'm much older oh at least 16 maybe 17 so how many outfits could you have for me by say friday night outfits Oh, I want at least a dozen. And, of course, I can't promise you that I can sell them. A dozen? Well, 
obviously you're an amateur. Well, look, I could try. You could try, you could try. Well, why don't you go try right now? Now? Look, obviously you're not serious. Oh, I am, I'm real serious. I'll go to work right now. When can I see you again? Friday night. That is, if, of course, you have enough stuff to make it worth my while to try to help you. I'm on my way. And he has to have them done by this coming Friday for some bizarre oh, yeah. reason. <laughs> she puts him on the fucking spot. Yeah, I need ten by Friday. I'm like, what? Or a well, dozen? Obviously, you're an amateur. No, no, I could do it. <laughs> hey. This is like a bad sitcom kind of plot. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I make these. Well, I need, I need fifty of by tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no problem. You know, and then you know, funny shit. Tell them the Friends assembly line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a nice jacket. I need 20. That line cracks me up anyway. Obviously, you're an amateur. He's fucking 14. He's an amateur everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> classic, dude. Oh, that's great, man. Oh, it's great. She has no regard for him. Basically, she just wants to fucking get ahead in life as soon as she can. She's right on him, you know? Boom. I'm putting and that's how you're going to do it. You're going to sell clothes to strippers at... Or whoever the fuck they were. Yes. <laughs> With the horrible music. Wow. Did you hear the music yeah. in the club? <laughs> the club was like, I am a big, big man in this world. <laughs> like, what the fuck what? is playing in this club? <laughs> like, holy shit. So it's just like so 80s, so 80s. Oh, it's so 80s, man. But this all leads to, I think, one of the major themes of the movie, and that is childhood slavery. Like, what the (laughs) like, like get in that sweatshop and make me some goddamn clothes. Like, what the fuck? These garbage spell kids were just, yeah, somehow able to fucking do this shit. Do they, when you look at close ups of their hands, do they look like sewing hands to you? (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do with those pickle fingers? Come on. (laughs) Nothing. Clearly, these guys have talented hands. Yeah, sure. They look like dry, rotted rubber, and and we're supposed (laughs) to believe that these are skilled hands. Okay. If you watch them, they look like Muppets when they're patting things down. Like, they don't, they can't actually hold anything they're just like pat, 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 pat. <laughs> oh and then your sweatshop thing they actually go to the sweatshop to get the sewing the sewing machines to, to borrow the sewing machines so they can make the clothes yeah so that's funny they, they they do a there's a children's movie and the main characters are doing a b&e into a sweatshop <laughs> stealing stuff to do this work which they are not getting paid for living in a basement like, just put all this together. Like, what the fuck are we watching? And as they're doing it, they're singing a song about working together. Why should we do something nice? Let's quit now. That's my advice. We 
By working with each other, working with each other, yeah, yeah, it's just insane. Like the elements here are fucked. Like there's nothing normal about this. And then like, uh, so once that happens, you know, they make a few clothes. She sells them. She takes her fucking shirt off to sell it to a girl. She sells the shirt off her back, and you see this 14 year old or 15 year whatever in a bra in a children's movie. Yeah. I right, came so hard during that part. <laughs> and he's sporting wood. That's why he can't stand up, right? Fuck yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, at, at 14, yeah, he's walking right. around with a constant erection. He's like, uh, right. can I stick this in something? Is that something I can fuck? Is that something I can fuck? <laughs> Just skin-on-skin contact anywhere, and I'm going to ejaculate, essentially. <laughs> it's perfect, man. It's a right. 13-year-old boy all the way. You touch my woman creep and probably jerk, are going to jerk off to this in about an hour. Yeah, Missy Tiss is going to be like, what's all that? <laughs> what's all that goo? <laughs> what's all that goo that's on your face? <laughs> it didn't come from me. Exactly. It's just crazy. Juice comes around, steals this fucking broad's money, laughs about it with his friends, and he says, get in. And they get in their car, drive away, and, and Dodger hi- is, hides himself in a fucking duffel bag. <laughs> he crawls out of it. And then the, the, the B-plot starts. We begin to find out that the Garbage Pail Kids have a bunch of other Garbage Pail Kids living on Earth, and uh, uh, they want to find their friends. That's somehow... Their biggest goal in life is to find their other friends. Uh, so they get bored. At, they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? They get a TV. The thing doesn't work. And um, they're hiding it from Dodger. I don't know why. I mean, they found a TV. And it would be the end of the world if Dodger finds out that they're going to watch TV. I guess that's <laughs> not in the contract for the fucking sweatshop slavery thing he has going. I don't know. So they make the biggest deal out of that. And then they got a... Um, they want to go out. So they go and I guess they feel like having a bums campfire type scene where they just sit around <laughs> on crates. <laughs> in a Who doesn't one. want that? Yeah. <laughs> and during that time, they commit Grand Theft Auto of a gigantic Pepsi truck. <laughs> and and I know they're thrilled to be in this movie. Yeah. Product just so they can get a six pack, go. which is basically mm-hmm. they, they crawl out of the cab with a six pack of Pepsi. And it's like we stole the whole truck so we can have this for a six pack. <laughs> and in doing so, they run, they hit and they do a hit and run. Also, it's not a hit and run. Oh. oh, my God. This is a fucking Bigfoot running over a fucking car kind of thing. Holy shit. It's a monster truck mashing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A mole. They run over Juice's van, which is about eight feet high, with a Pepsi truck. Normally, in real life, a truck would just smash into the side of it. No. In this movie, Juice jumps out of his car with three seconds to, to think about this. Jumps out of the passenger side, uh, saving his life. And they run over his van, leaving it smashed flat. And Juice thinks nothing of it. 
hits the back, goes, What'd you do to my car? That's <laughs> like, I'd be saying, How the fuck did you do that? <laughs> manure! I hate manure! <laughs> Seriously, isn't Captain Manzini and Dodger's relationship just like Doc Brown and fucking Marty McFly? Does anybody else see that? Yes. Yeah, it's very cl- that's also very classic 80s, too. You know, you've mm-hmm. got this kid who inexplicably has no parents, has no home, hangs out all the time. Although Marty had a home, but I mean, but I mean, this happened all the time. You have this kid who has no home, apparently, because he is always hanging out with this guy who runs this weird a, place. That's just yeah, with an old weirdo. That's like yeah. movie trope, you know, 7B. <laughs> <laughs> And did you guys do that when you were that age? Did you hang out with weird guys who owned strange businesses? Oh, yeah. 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 I got fucked by old men all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Def- Was it the bicycle shop guy? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One thing I do want to say about this movie that I really like is that you know how there's that um, frequently in movies you've got the thing where the, the hot girl is with the asshole guy mm-hmm. and the good guy comes along and then it then you find out that the hot girl really has a heart of gold and then she ends up <laughs> like going over to to the good guy like say revenge of the nerds kind of thing um and so in the beginning like you kind of feel like this could be going that way even though it's severely inappropriate it is, it is so <laughs> yeah, inappropriate. it just wouldn't just the height alone makes it not work yeah um you know you, you, your your adult mind is going this could never happen don't let this happen but you know it it looks like it might be going that way then we find out that in fact it does not go that way and just the the way that these things typically end, this one does not. It takes a whole left turn, and by the time by the end of the movie, uh, Dodger has pretty much had it with her when he finds out what she's really like. And I really appreciate that about this film. I I appreciate the fact that they looked like they were going in a cookie cutter direction, but they didn't. They they just said. Um, no, we're not going to give it that ending. We're not going to give you the ending that you're expecting for this to be like. I mean, did anybody wow. else see it going that way? And then... no, I never thought of that. It kept me going. It kept me. In. It was a, actually a good plot to the movie. I was like, I wonder if he's going to turn or or she's going to turn by the end of the movie. Even though you know what could uh, happen. Obviously, I don't want them to fuck, but I want her to like him and him, you know, to have that ending. I'm thinking, I wonder if it's going to happen. And then. They actually kept me more in, invested in it than I thought. But then when it ended that way, that was great. He's like, I don't find you pretty anymore. That's, fucking, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and I, yes. I really respected it for that, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it actually did do something original. Yeah. yeah I, I always wanted to say that to a girl, like have this big dramatic ending to a relationship and go, I just don't think you're pretty anymore. Like I always wanted to do that and it never actually happened. And now I'm engaged, so sure shit can't happen. If I tell my fiance she's not pretty anymore, I'm fucked. I won't get another blowjob till Christmas. I, I think a guy would never do that to a chick because there's always a chance that you might be able to fuck her again. And so you never want to fucking burn that bridge. It's like, well, I might be able to fuck her one more time, so I'm not going to do that. But if she thinks that I think she's not pretty, that will never happen. Right. Yeah. Never say that to any woman for, for, for more reasons than one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, you know, as they're bored, they rob shit, this and that we talked about. They also break into a movie theater. They go into the rear. You know, <laughs> that's like a classic move. I might have even watched this movie this way. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the amazing thing is, again, bringing up there's a children's movie, they steal people's hot dogs and popcorn at knife point. Like, literally, <laughs> Greaser Greg steals popcorn from a guy and he goes, hey, and he goes to punch him and he pulls a knife out and he goes, chill out, dude. <laughs> At knife point, what the fuck is? Are you? What would you ever see a Care Bear do that? He's a greaser. I mean, what can you do? That's what greasers do. You know, we saw Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. That's what greasers do. (laughs) No, (laughs) ratatatatatatatui. Then they, they end up in the toughest bar in the world, or the roughest bar in the world. Is it the the? No, the like toughest bar in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say we hang them. Plates remind anyone else of the know. Blue Oyster in Police Academy because that's the, what I do. Yes, the Blue Oyster. And then, of okay, course, all these saying. tough people in the bar end up loving these little dudes because they're rough. <laughs> yeah, because why? I don't know. Like, alligator bites this fucking guy's foot in the middle of a beer. They all go chasing him. Let's turn him into alligator shoes. Then Wendy Winston somehow drives through a window five feet off the ground. How does he even get up there? Why the big question is why is this motor like this big tough motorcycle guy wearing fucking sandals? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can't ride a bike on sandals. I know that. <laughs> what the hell is that? The only guy in the bunch. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess I guess but it's the toughest bar in the world. He can wear whatever the fuck he wants. He can he can wear glitter and sequins if he wants to. Yeah, and I love the guy they throw out when they get there. He's like, and stay out. <laughs> and that guy who threw him out didn't even look tough. He looked like he was like a 45-year-old loser who just put on leathers and shit and just said, okay, I'm a biker now. Like a weekend warrior. <laughs> I think Alligator, I know Jamie said he didn't like him. He was by far my favorite character. As far as- oh, he was so annoying to me. Really? Oh, he was yes. annoying. Oh, I liked him. I don't know. Yeah, everyone else seemed like he did annoying things. but he It did. was just the same jokes over and over and over. Yeah, always wanting to eat the toes. Always one to eat the... And what is this? Yeah. Alligators don't have a thing about toes? Where did that even come from? That's not normal. Yeah. The yeah, toe thing is come? weird. Yeah, I'll give you that. The amazing thing is when he opened up his his lunch pail, there wasn't even any toes in there. It was just eyeballs. Eyeballs. And yeah. fingers. <laughs> yeah, and fingers. Right, right. Fingers. He goes, how about a finger? Like, <laughs> where the fuck are your toes, bro? You've been yapping about that shit. Like, are they so good you ate all those that were in there? Or, like, how did, And how the fuck do you have eyeballs and fucking human fingers? Where did you get them from? <laughs> outer from space. space. Yeah. Everything yeah. is from outer space. You They're know, the we're... time bandits, man. That's yeah. who they are. <laughs> <laughs> They're bitches. Right. So now this movie, you know, it's it's funny, man. It tries to convey ethical values. And I think they're just lost. Do you think anybody watching this really got that what the beauty is on the insides? And and are the cards even about that? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what does this have to do with Garbage Pail Kids? Like, do they convey – those cards are badass. They're everything that everybody shouldn't be doing. And yet we're supposed to believe that those cards are here to teach us that – Although you're gross and outrageous, you're still beautiful inside. 
No, well, but they're still bastards. They're mean to everybody except fucking the kid. You know? Right. And, and, the, and the bikers, the partiers. But they, they go along in the same category, I guess. And Tangerine is beautiful, and she's ugly on the inside. Yeah. It is a movie. They gotta kind of have a message regardless of what, you know. It, it's aimed at kids. There has to be some kind of message. This is it. You know, the Garbage Pail Kids are ugly on the outside, but hey, aren't we all different and crazy? But we're, you know, as long as you're beautiful on the inside, you know, that that's the message they're trying to get out. I, I get that. Yeah, but which one of these garbage pill kids are beautiful the, uh, on the inside? The one that's pulling a knife on you? Right. The one that's robbing your robbing your truck? <laughs> the one that's running over your car? The one that's, that's true? Yeah, yeah, they're bastards. They are right. They're all assholes. Yeah, but they <laughs> all work up. together. You know, in a when they're breaking and entering. <laughs> but they're all like a family. I don't know how they're related, but somehow they're all together. And I guess that's what it is. They're bond together because, I mean, they're clearly, they're not like blood related, right? They're not brother and sister or anything no. like that. One's an alligator. Right. But, and two are black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they have, they have some kind of bond together, so they're, they're family. And, yeah, I don't know. Fuck. Who knows? Isn't it weird how uh, the two are black, but they don't really have... Uh, the black voice that the alligator has. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a reverse dynamic. <laughs> yeah, they, they make a, a random alligator black. Like, why? Yeah, why? How do, you shoot, how do you decide that? How do you look at him and go, you know what? I think a black man's voice coming out of this would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this movie's the fucking the tits, I'll tell you. <laughs> the fucking blonde hair. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> There is an institution of some kind. <laughs> yes! This is my favorite part of the fucking movie. It is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. It's basically a prison. But instead of putting people behind the bars, they're in like fucking chicken cages or some shit. <laughs> Rat cages for real. This shit is hilarious. And uh, everything is labeled like it's fucking the Batman TV show. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, <laughs> this guy is what? This guy's bald, so he's too bald. Everything is too something. It's yep. fucking hilarious. Yep. <laughs> so this is called the State Home for the Ugly. State Home state home for the Ugly. Everyone write that down, okay? That is just an insane thing, okay? <laughs> In a children's movie, they're supposed to make children believe that this actually exists, that there is a home. If you're too old, too bald, too weird, too silly, because, you know, there's a different, somebody differentiated which cage you should go in between those two. <laughs> too fat. Very insulting. Yeah, if you're too fat, you're going to get locked up in your own cage. If you're too skinny, so you, you're fucked if you do, you're fucked if you don't. You're, if you're too gross, too hairy, too pale, so make sure you get some sun. And if you're crippled... <laughs> Too, it's offensive. Too crippled. Offensive. Oh my god! <laughs> How offensive is this? Oh, striking! Somebody band. get the CCLA up in here. This shit is fucking offensive. Striking Holy band. shit! I was cracking the fuck up when I saw that. <laughs> and how about it's a children's movie? And if you're too fat, guess who was too fat, kids? Santa Claus. <laughs> 
incredible. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Oh, it's great. And to top it off, as if that was not enough to repulse you. After they lock, after they capture you, there's two guys who run around in, like, you know, the old dog catchers that don't exist anymore, I guess. <laughs> yeah, from the cartoons, too. You know? Yeah, from cartoons and shit. Totally. Like, I don't, I have never seen one, and I grew up in the 80s. Um, dog catchers basically drive around in a paddy wagon of some type, and if you are any two of any of these things, they will capture you, lock you up, and the end result is they throw your you <laughs> into a garbage compactor and crush you and kill you. What <laughs> the fuck, dude? Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. How is this licensed by the government, the state government, <laughs> the you know national government? How? I don't get how, how this fucking works. Who's the president at this time? They're right out in the open. They're not like a hidden organization like hospital. No. Something. <laughs> they're right out there for everyone to see. Big signs, home for the young. Dude, they're right next to the fucking fire station. <laughs> it's like no big deal. <laughs> they're not hiding at all. <laughs> and nobody cares. <laughs> and, and even when their kids are going in there, when they're getting marched into their cage, they're like, I'm going to get the authorities. And it's like, so somebody did bring up the idea that, is this allowed? But yeah, it's allowed. Believe it or not. <laughs> Somebody questioned it. Oh, that's so funny, man. I fucking so much fun. And the thing is, the the garbage pill kids always assumed that their friends were already in there. And that's what they needed to find. The whole thing was can you find the stay home for the ugly? If you do, we'll keep making your bullshit clothes. Ba ba ba. You know, the kids are up to hijinks and like Matt, we we talked about the sewer and everything's labeled. Apparently, <laughs> if you turn knobs on sewer pipes, a gushing stream of water will fly out of a toilet bowl and mm-hmm. send a person who's sitting on it straight up to the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, wow. for an eight-year-old, that seems logical. Yeah. <laughs> for someone who doesn't know how the sewer works, seems normal. Yep. Yeah. And they, they and apparently they made a whole pipe in the sewer for a hot tub. Oh, yeah, right. It's they true. turned that. And the water <laughs> shit backtracks into into a hot tub. Mm, <laughs> Meanwhile, why me. would shit be in hot tub pipes? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't say toilet, you know. Like, <laughs> right. Let's change pipes. It's it's just cartoon mentality. It's right. just fucking, yep, you gotta exactly. go with it. Yeah. But that's what yep. makes it fun. It's just you know, it, there's, there's a lot of shit going on in this movie. A lot of fucked up shit. But <laughs> that's funny. And as as we come to a close in the third act, basically, you know, uh, Tangerine, so they're making these clothes, selling them. All of a sudden, you know, they're down in the basement. Tangerine in, insults the garbage pail kids a few more times, comes up, and uh, just has this epiphany out of nowhere. And she just goes, McBundy's department store is going to give us a fashion show. <laughs> and I'm, I, I would say, and are you have a crystal ball in front of you? or <laughs> How do you know this? She even has a logo, a fucking tangerine logo. <laughs> Before be anything's banana. come out, right? <laughs> Dude, we should get we should replace the tangerine and put a banana there and have the <laughs> fucking banana laser. Brilliant. <laughs> nice. So yeah, she has this epiphany and Dodger's like, Wow, that's that's great. <laughs> so I don't know. 
And how are we going to do this? You got to get these assholes to sew more clothes. So, guys, okay, let's just get to the to the nitty gritty here. You got a garbage pill kid movie. <laughs> you could have expected anything, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. they could have yeah. just went through a bunch of them, and they all did their thing that are on the cards in certain situations, then went to the next group, and they all did their things. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you would do. But what do you guys think of, we're making a Garage Pill Kid movie, what should we do with these guys? Let's have them sew clothes. It's mind-boggling how they came to this kind of plot. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, and that's like, the, the major part of the movie is them making clothes for Dodger who's giving them to Tangerine because he wants to bang her and stuff like that. It's <laughs> fucking insane. I don't get this at all. How are they even how do they even know how to do this shit? Uh, you know, if they're garbage pail kids, they're kids. Kids <laughs> would know how to do this stuff. Kids would know how to, uh, yeah, maybe at best steal a truck, you know, that but you know make clothes like that's fucking a trade that you learn you know how did how did they know this shit it's they're time crazy. travelers i told you wow oh, get the they're, time they're constantly kids they never age just like yeah. the guy i bet that guy is like centuries old too it's totally the same thing because he talks about old captain manzini captain manzini centuries old Dude, it's like a i have episode. so many questions about captain manzini it's all right go crazy. ahead what <laughs> well <laughs> What is this deal? I mean, okay, so he believes in black magic, and he practices black magic, and he he runs a shop. Okay, got it. Uh, What does this shop sell? Stuff? Just trash? Yeah, okay. Antiques. He runs an antique shop. Okay, got it. Um, So he's into black magic. Why? I don't understand where any of this comes from. He has a uh, uh, this friend named Dodger. I don't get any of this. How this any of this connects? It just doesn't well, make Dodger, sense to me. Dodger works for him. Right. He has a job. It's After a job. school job. Oh, he That's works there. Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't get that. Okay. Yeah, they established it in the first like. Oh, there you, there you go. <laughs> I, well, I was sleeping there. Yeah, he goes. How long have you worked for me? He goes a couple months, and he goes. Have I ever forbidden you to touch any of my objects? Yes. Especially yes. my cock. I never forbid you to touch my cock. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! Okay, the credits that... are still rolling. By the way, they're having this conversation. Dude, ten <laughs> minutes in, the credits yes. are still coming up on the screen. <laughs> Imagine that many people were involved with this. Oh, <laughs> it was so oh, they slow. just really took their time with yeah. putting it. Ah, let's wait on putting the director up there until a, a, a pivotal moment in the movie. Yeah, when he's <laughs> dusting off a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? How about they have to put clothes on to go out because they're going to be in disguise? Like, changing outfits is going to change their fucking appearance. How ridiculous <laughs> they look. Fucking Ninja Turtles here. They put, put, put on the trench coats and the fucking hats. And nobody, even if you had those heads, even if, even if I, at five foot nine, if I had a head that size or that shape, people would stop in their fucking, I would stop traffic with a head like that. And to think that, no, they're cool. If they, if you see seven, three foot tall people, I guess, walking around. With heads as big as, as big as watermelons in trench coats, 
and they're all dressed exactly the same. You would think nothing of this. Hmm. Hey, it it worked in E.T. when they had to go out on Halloween and they just threw a sheet on him. So and kids love that movie. Let's just kind of do it here. It's fine. You're right. E.T. did pass his Gertie for a few hours to her own mother. Yep. <laughs> like her yeah. own mother wouldn't have realized it wasn't her exact height, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just awesome. insane. Yeah, uh, you know. And it's a trip. <laughs> yeah, and did you guys notice the John Carr Buchler painting on in the background on the brick wall when they go up and down the stairs to the basement? It's a and they have a ghoulies. A ghoulie is on his shoulder or something. Really? That picture was in the movie Troll, I think. That same what? exact painting. Yeah. Wow. No so shit. This totally was supposed to be horror, and they just didn't do it. I'm glad, I'm glad they did. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have worked. Oh, a horror? What a bombed in the worst way. I mean, this is a bomb, but I get joy out of it. If it was a horror movie, it just it just would have been abysmal, I think. Yeah? It might have yeah. been a cult classic, man. It should be a cult classic as it stands. Matter of fact, I hope people hear the show and uh, get know, into it, this. It takes off and more people start watching it because it deserves to be a cult classic. That's exactly yeah. what this movie is to it, me. It's funny and weird and awkward and all that, but imagine if they were evil and actually causing harm to people and more so and stuff like that. Wouldn't you like it better if they were like killing people and stuff like that? So what? You want to have fucking seven Chuckies running around? It just wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, what are they going to do? Fart uh, your face till they die? Imagine Chucky yeah. from seven, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Me- messy Tessie co- covers them in fucking snot. <laughs> they can't breathe or whatever. Valerie vomit throws up on them until they can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do that anyway in this movie, and it works for Yeah, them. I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, believe me, I wish they could pull it off as horror. Obviously. I'm a horror fan, but I just don't think Remake! Remake! <laughs> now, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, they say they, they think they're going to the fashion show, and they say, oh, we'll go as clowns. They think if they dress up as in clown costumes, uh, <laughs> that will pass as okay. <laughs> yeah, so instead of doing that, Tangerine convinces Dodger to, no, let's just lock them in the basement and uh, they're not going to go anywhere. We'll give them fucking pizza later and they'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> pizza. <laughs> like they're Ninja Turtles. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So uh, they lock them in the basement and then they just start playing cards and shit. Do- Dodger goes, you know, this and that. And then we find out that Tangerine somehow, even though Dodger was with her for the majority of the time, she gives Juice the key to the basement. And then they go and kidnap eight freaks or seven freaks. And yeah, they ta- which apparently is really easy. <laughs> they do it. Way it's never really shown how they do it, but yeah. He's like, <laughs> and they just walk up. Greaser Greg walks upstairs. Hey, hey, hey. And they all panic. And then that's Hey, walk the into this giant bag I have. You know, and I'm going to take you to the candy store or something. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see these guys have eight bags on them either, by, or seven bags on them either, by the way. So. Oh, Greaser mm-hmm. has a knife. He should have at least. We should have got a scene out of that, you know. Yeah, cut it open. Yeah, right. Yeah, something. Get out of the bag. Uh, so yeah, they lock. They so Juice basically turns them into the Stay Home for the Ugly for a couple hundred bucks or whatever. So they find out that they they killed all their friends. That's what we find out. And then Juice go uh, Juice goes to the the fashion show, and then Dodger finds out that Tangerine turned on him and gave the kids up to Juice, and they're in the Stay Home for the Ugly. And then Juice, uh, here's the amazing part of Juice. 
He's standing there. And once Dodger finds out that they went to stay home for the ugly, he takes a swing at Juice. And this guy does not budge a centimeter. He stands perfectly still, doesn't blink, does nothing to Dodger's punch as if he is the most irrelevant piece of shit in the world. Uh, Wally catches the punch. They take him. He says, lose him. They throw him in a dumpster. He gets out of the dumpster a second later. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> that was useful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's derail him for 30 seconds, you know? That's our point. <laughs> yeah, 30 seconds. Like, nothing happens to him. Uh, so here's the thing, though. What do you guys think? What was Tangerine's motivation? Don't don't they need to keep sewing? Wouldn't it right. be in her interest to keep these guys safe? Like, how did she think this would play out? Yeah. Wow, right? I didn't think about that because she had to give Juice the key, right? Because mm-hmm. she locked him up. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, what a yeah. dumb bitch. Huh, I didn't even think about that. Was she gonna, Was she thinking that she was going to... Did it matter what happened once she got famous? She was going to get famous off this one fucking, you know... Batch of clothes? Yeah. And then uh, she could get yeah. actual children to sew her clothes for her <laughs> instead of these weird alien kids. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> clearly Garbage Pail Kids has such amazing fa- fashion sense that you need them <laughs> to create those, the new clothes. Those hot dog hands and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get to the campfire thing. Like, when he was like, like, they're just sitting there talking about nothing. Hey, where's my hot dog? You ate it. No, I didn't. You ate the evidence. I can't prove it. You know, uh, ah, my tummy aches. What did you eat? Everything. <laughs> Everything. I don't do it all right. <laughs> it's just the most inane conversations ever. And the, the uh, next scene, they all have fucking, you know, ice packs on their heads. They're like, ah, I'm oh, hungover. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything for a hangover? Every one of them uh, had a fucking ice pack, the same ice pack. Oh, it was great. Yeah, what the fuck did uh, the rest of them do that they need a hangover uh, remedy? <laughs> well, they were at the bar, so. Alligator. Ali was drunk. We know that. Alligator was drunk at the end. He was stumbling and shit. A drunk alligator. Children's movie, and the main children characters are drinking with bikers. <laughs> a biker. <laughs> and getting drunk. That's it, man. This is as much of a children's movie as Pee Wee's Big Adventure was when it came out. Oh, please. That was way more of a children's movie. Yes, but a 13-year-old could be into it, too. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, you know that's and that's yeah. what I'm saying about mm-hmm. this movie, right? You know, but I think this is targeted more towards 13 year olds. Dude, and, that know. movie, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and this one go hand in hand. I've watched them both. Pro- I oddly enough, believe it or not, I've probably watched Garbage Pail Kids more. Wow. I don't, I don't know how, but hmm. um, <laughs> I probably did. And, and I watch both of those movies almost every year of my life, and I've Pee Wee's Blu-ray and all that shit. Uh, yeah, like crazy. So it's funny that you said that. So, uh, so Dodger goes back to the biker bar asking the biker dudes for help. He knows they're in the stay home for the ugly. Got to break them out. The bikers get their Harleys. They pull the window apart with chains. The kids get out. And then they crash the fashion show. What do you guys think about that scene? I actually laughed a lot at this scene. And I don't think it was because uh, of the Garbage Bill kids' jokes or anything like that. I just thought about filming on the set that day <laughs> because it had pandemonium of everyone just running around and stuff like that. And I just imagined one single shot. Okay, we're filming this shot. Uh, Wendy Winston's going to fart or something like that. And everyone around them is running all over the place. 
And I just imagine like extras just running back and forth in between. In front of the camera, you know, it's like, it's got to be pandemonium, but there's only five people here. Uh, okay. So you guys just run back and forth constantly and just act crazy. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. When I yeah. was watching them run back and forth, like uh, I watched this about an hour before we started recording this. I was looking at the people in the background and, and imagining the filming of this. That's so weird that you yeah. said that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. I did thought didn't even occur to me, but <laughs> now that you brought it up. I yeah. don't know why popped in my head <laughs> how about juice how why does juice make fucking tangerine do all that shit and then act like he's mad that fucking she's in collusion with him yeah he's like he rips her necklace off and goes that's for yeah she's putting him up to it she she's giving he pardon me he's putting it up her up to it she's bringing him money from the clothes that are being made by the, the kids so it's a whole fucking scheme a scam whatever what the fuck yeah, he even says that. He goes, it feels lousy. And she goes, what? He goes, abandoning my principles for money. And she goes, principles? He goes, letting right. a little creep live. Like, he even acknowledges that this is all part of a plan. And he still <laughs> is pissed so at her. <laughs> Juice it's has no... <laughs> I don't know. That's the answer. It's another one. We could... <laughs> There's a dozen of them, man. You know? That's the beauty of this movie. <laughs> It's amazing. It's ama- This movie is incredible. So now, it, now, if you had a picture, if you're writing this movie and you go, okay, so the kids are going to crash the fashion show, what would they do to get back a tangerine for stealing their clothes and locking them away and what she's doing? How would they get back at her? What would you, what would you come up with? In this children's movie, we rip them off the models and expose them yes, half naked. Yes, that was crazy. <laughs> oh, right. they, with one swipe, the entire outfit of these models came off and boing, there's a bikini underneath. Hello! Yeah. Oh my god, that show is funny. So Valerie vomit gets to do her famous vomit. Finally, she gets punched in the stomach, vomits all over Wally and Blythe. Uh, that was a pretty cool scene. I I guess, right? You guys like that? That was good payoff, mm-hmm. I guess, of her name, since you didn't see her throw up once in yep, 90 and minutes. Yeah, she came correct. Yeah, and then you get a, a classic Ralphie versus Scott Farkas scene where Juice uh, and Dodger get into it and they start fist fighting with the help of the Garbage Pail Kids. Juice gets the uh, Dodger gets the upper hand, punches the shit out of Juice. Captain Manzini stops him just like Ralphie's mother. Christmas nice. story, and they pull him yeah. off. and he's crying about it. Very good. Wow. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That is Christmas story. <laughs> yeah. How about the triumphant ending? where Manzini finally has figured it out. I don't know what he's been doing this whole fucking movie. Just trying to figure out the fucking how to get these garbage pail kids back in the pail. He's finally figured it out. He's going to play this song backwards. I actually kind of giggled at this part when he's playing the song backwards and they're all like, oh man, well, I'm totally getting sucked in and they just leave. (laughs) (laughs) And they ride off triumphantly <laughs> on motorcycles. I'm surprised there wasn't like a an ending like, you know that movie Mac and Me, which was like an E.T. ripoff. <laughs> Where they walk away from and their their weird asses are sticking out. <laughs> yeah, but there was like a there was like a, a something at the end that said we'll be back essentially in like a sequel. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't anything like that in this movie. Like, don't worry, we got Garbage Pill Kids too already planned. It's written and everything. We'll be back next summer. <laughs> and then it's like, oh. Well, here's here's the cool thing about this show coming up. 
our two interviews after this review. And I interview... As, it's as if you don't feel like you got your fill of Garage Pail Kids in the last hour and a half. <laughs> or two hours, actually, with the intro. Um, wow, this is a fucking long-ass show. Who would have thought that? <laughs> I thought we'd be fucking <laughs> an hour and out. <laughs> wow. Um, I interviewed Dodger and Juice. Man, at the same time? Did they kick each other's no. ass? <laughs> no, they're still at it, and I couldn't get them in the same room together. Dodger called in, and Juice uh, visited the dungeon. But So, uh, yeah, it turns out um, there was a sequel planned if this movie did well. But because they pulled it with the commercials and stuff, they uh, just they said forget it. No shit. Not surprised. Huh. I'm not surprised. It was a success. That's, yeah. that's the Garage Kid movie, man. I mean, uh... I'll tell you what, oddly enough, the last watch I did with this movie, I I loved it. You know, it's so weird, man. I really did. And I still acknowledge that it's probably technically... No, I know it's not technically good, but I don't give a fuck. It's all about what I think in my mind when I'm sitting there. <laughs> so, yeah, it could be nostalgia. It could be a lot of things. My overall love for GPK, I don't know. But to me, I rate this movie a 5 out of 5. I love it. <laughs> I, dude, I have to love it, right? I mean, I've watched it every... I've watched it 40, 50 times. Wow. Good God. That's crazy. Wow. How, how could I not love it's it? It's like right? us with I, The Shining. Imagine that for GP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, The Shining and Garfield. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same caliber movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I guess well, Matt will be the big... No, I want a positive ending. So, Matt... Yeah, exactly. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would I rate this? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's tough to say because I watched, you know, 45 minutes of the movie and I stopped it a couple times and I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. But, uh, you know, by the end of the movie, I finally clicked and, you know, and I understood how it could be enjoyable as an adult. You know, I finally got it, you know, and, and the jokes were kind of making me chuckle and stuff like that. And I thought just the the oddness of the the characters and stuff was pretty funny and stuff like that. So, so I would give this a three. I'd say I liked it overall. Yes. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right on. Not mm-hmm. bad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, now if you ask me the at the first at 30 minute mark of the movie I'd say no way it's a 2 maybe even a 1 I was like this is what the fuck I didn't remember a single thing about it and I was like this is just stupid why am I watching this <laughs> but but it grew on me and I'm like okay I get how this is funny I'm kind of liking this so uh, you know it grew on me yep 3 three out of five. awesome wow. dude I am thrilled now here's the thing will you ever watch it again uh, I I could see myself watching this again. Yeah, under the right like this time I watched it by myself, and I think that was harder to get through. I think you need to watch this with friends and just be like, hey, let's put this on and just laugh at how stupid this is, and <laughs> and that's the environment you need to watch this in. Like Dave said, you got to catch a buzz and just have fun with it. Yeah, minimally your chick is enough. Yeah, <laughs> minimally. Yeah. Somebody else has to see this. Somebody else, yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, now I'm excited about you, man. So, I am so glad. Now, this is your first time. <laughs> it's so great that at 40 years old, <laughs> you, <laughs> that you got 
And even three years from now, you're 40, by the way. Only me. But uh, <laughs> that, that's going to be your Chris Graber thing. <laughs> that's uh, fine. I'll, I'll take it. Courthouse, you're 40 forever. Constantly so, 40, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to say that. Every birthday, every birthday show, Matt goes up, up and Dave is 40. <laughs> yeah. Matt's 36, Dave's 40. Matt's 37, Dave's 40. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, what do you think about the Garbage Pail Kid movie? Well, well, Matt, wow, Matt was more generous than I thought. I didn't expect a three out of him. So I obviously enjoyed this movie more than Matt did. So mm-hmm. I, I would be amiss not to go higher than three. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like you would have to go above Matt. <laughs> right. I was going to say three. I was going right, to say yeah. three. And I think with good reason, because it's the kind of movie, I don't think I could watch this with my wife unless she was uh, buzzed up, but she <laughs> unfortunately can't get, you know? So, um, cause her job, right? Yeah. I, I will watch it again for sure. Awesome. And I can't wait to watch it with a couple of friends. And I know just who I have in mind. And, um, <laughs> This, this type of movie, you know, this should be a cult classic, and it's not. But it really, this should get the attention that fucking Troll 2's gotten. There's no question about it. Troll 2 is a turd compared to this, a fucking turd, you know. And there's more that, that you know, you hear about, people say, they're so bad, they're good. This has, so many elements of so bad, it's good. But, but throw in the 80s and throw in the nostalgia. And if you're my age, or you're, uh, us three, this, you know, all of us, you can appreciate it more because of the nostalgia and the 80s part of it. So that's it adds another element that makes it, you know, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, it's a blast. Shit. Awesome, dude. Yeah, it's amazing. We've actually spent more time talking about the movie than than the actual movie is. And it's a conundrum, always... this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put this out there because people are probably wondering. Jamie, we did not just talk over her. She... <laughs> She had to leave about uh, 30 minutes ago. Uh, she has a live show that she does. So she had to dip out um, her ratings. I'm going to uh, proxy her. And I, I think she'll say 3.5, I'm going to say. <laughs> I think. I think she liked it, right? Didn't she see yeah, it? Yeah, she's all about yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. And she was she was a Garbage Bell Kids fan like you are, Alex. So, yeah, I, I think so. Minimally three guys. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. She might so, even just say three, but knowing Matt said three, you gotta go up because you. Yeah, once Matt said three, you have to go up. Yep, Matt changed. Yeah. I go. Well, I gotta go at least three and a half minutes. So. He literally raised the bar. <laughs> <laughs> you literally. know what's really funny? I'm looking at the DVD cover right here, and it's a garbage can, and you got these sausage fingers sticking out of it, and it's like, <laughs> it's amazing that they would actually highlight that. Yeah. <laughs> right. That has to be the worst part of the costume. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these shitty effects. Aren't they awesome? It's got that green fucking color to it, the box, and you know? The green slime. Yeah. It's right. like, it's the secret of the ooze, I think. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, they're from the same world as the Ninja Turtles. That's why they like pizza, man. Yeah, no shit. Yep. All right, guys, as promised, we have a very, very special guest on the show. This is the real juice, Ron McLaughlin from the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Ron, thanks so much for hopping on. (laughs) 
Well, thanks for having me on the show, Alex. Yeah, man. Uh, I went to the ends of the earth looking for you, um, I'd say, two years ago, maybe a year ago. Uh, how did you even get the part of Juice? Uh, I got lucky. <laughs> how does anybody get a job in L.A. when you first get started? It was actually um, my, third, my third audition, maybe fourth, I believe it was my third. Uh, audition in LA and I got a chance to go meet with Pamela Rack and I was one in, in LA back then an audition often would be quick I mean you, you get a call you've got to be there sometimes in a matter of hours um, rarely do you get a lot of time to look at script in her in her particular case uh, a set of sides the sides would be a, a portion of a script my manager Elliot Rich uh, had gotten from her and I think one of his other clients actually read for her and didn't get a chance because uh, you were going through breakdown services. This is before the computer world. You'd actually have breakdown services, would drop off auditions, uh, or what people were looking for for auditions. Managers and agents would take a look at it, start stuffing envelopes and making phone calls and trying to get people in. And I got a chance to meet with uh, Pam. She... Uh, brought me back the very next day uh, to meet with Rod Amato. And Rod was the kind of guy that when I met with him, he uh, trying to find somebody different, somebody new. And the guy they had slated for the job was the blonde character that played the, the nemesis in Karate Kid. William Zapka. Yeah, he was supposed to be Juice. And uh, last minute I got in there and Rod and I started talking and we talked about sports and about wrestling and about uh, football and about all kinds of stuff. And the very next day I get a phone call, he Taft Hartley's me, I get my first job in LA, my third audition, and I'm a lead in the movie. And it was, uh, I found out that I got the job when I was on spring break with some friends of mine out in Palm Springs. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. And you were 22. I was 22, yes. How did you feel when they cast a 15-year-old girl to play your girlfriend in the movie, your love interest? <laughs> like, were you, you know, she came off so adult-like to me. I It didn't even phase me. Like, when I saw her with you, that made sense to me. And then when somebody told me that in real life, she's dating uh, Mackenzie Aston, I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Because when, when you watch the movie, you and her, it, it goes well. Then you see him and her, and she she comes off like a 25-year-old or whatever, and he comes off like he's 13 years old. Like, what was that? Were they? What was that like, seeing them date and everything on the set? And then you're bullying him, yet you're dating his girlfriend in the movie. You know, you know I don't, I don't, didn't think of it like that. It was, it's, it's just going to work. You know, Very, Katie's a wonderful young lady. I mean, I haven't seen her in years, but she's a wonderful young lady that I know of. And uh, her mom was there on set, and it made sense that her and Mackenzie were hanging out together. I mean, I, I dated people a bit older <laughs> at that time. Actually, I turned 23 on the set. I never, I never thought twice about it. Not even the kissing scene. That was weird. The kissing scene was weird because her mother was standing right there in front. And here I am, you've got this, all these people wrapped around you and they're trying to get a shot. And one of the things Rod had said was on every single scene, don't let me cut a scene unless I've got your point of view, her point of view, an overall point of view, you know, all these different things. I need that for the editing process. And that was one of the first things he told me when we first started. Well, 
doing this kissing scene and they're trying to get, you know, angle the camera here, angle her lips there, my face this way, get a shot. And every time I looked up, it was her mom standing there staring at me like I was a horrible human being. It was like, okay, hi. <laughs> and, and on top of that, you're blowing smoke out of your mouth right before you kiss her. And it's like, now, did you actually smoke when you were doing that or? I learned how to smoke during that role. They wanted me to smoke. This is... 1987 and the idea to be the bad guy all the bad guys smoked and I didn't smoke so they would bring me all these different packs of cigarettes until I'd find one that I could stomach and I would try to like fake smoke and of course that's not gonna last you know and it doesn't fly at all so I eventually learned how to smoke and by the time we finished wrap we wrapped on this project I was a smoker been smoking ever since. <laughs> so you so you've been smoking for the last twenty eight years, all because of juice. No, I've been smoking because of me. I just started because of the juice. <laughs> I can't I can't blame him for or that or that timeline for what I'm doing today. No. Right, right, right. I interviewed Mackenzie Aston. Oh, he said you were a delightful fellow and a genuinely good dude, and he told his story about how. He was sweating during the fighting scene you and him were doing. And then you took him in the back so you don't embarrass him in front of anybody. And you taught him about deodorant and how that works. Do you remember doing that? <laughs> I remember her and him and I having a conversation. And, it, and um, my memory's a bit different. I don't think it was about deodorant. But I'll go with deodorant because that's how Mackenzie remembers that particular time. Um, the, uh, the fighting scene trying to get uh, Mackenzie pumped up. You know, I'm, I'm going to stand there and have this child come running after me and, and, and beat me up. Now, you got to get ready for that. I, whether you're, because you get the, what the world's going to see you getting your butt whipped by a 13-year-old child and you're a 23-year-old man, you know. So I wanted to get him so reveled up and, rot and just pumped so we went in the back and we had a few words to say. I, I think I got him a little bit ticked off, actually. He hurt his feelings just a bit, but not in a bad way. Uh, just to get him really pissed off at me and the character of that. And there was uh, one lady that went to go interfere with the conversation that we were having because I was laying into him. And uh, Rod, and I saw Rod look at me and I looked at Rod and Rod took the lady by the shoulder and pulled her aside so we can continue our conversation. And I got Mac livid pissed. And so when I'm standing there, you know, you know, in the middle of this uh this set, and they let him loose, man, he came running. And I said, you and I told him, I go, you better knock me on my ass. You better put me on the ground because the whole world's gonna laugh when I stand here and your thirteen little child just bounces off of me. And he was just getting pumped and revved and pumped. So he starts running and he's screaming. He just jumps inside and I grabbed him and I picked him up and I held him up over me like this. <laughs> and um, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> And then they went for stunt guys for the rolling around at that point. And then the fight was on. We had a blast. And after the fight was over, he just ran up and gave me the biggest hug. He's such a good kid, you know. He just wanted to do good work. One of the things I really enjoyed about working with Mac was I'd bring a football to the set. And I just like football. And he always had these guys that were there that were there to teach him. 
And at that time, his mom, Patty Duke, was a president of the Screen Actors Guild. So, you know, he was a higher echelon of, a, of, a, of an actor. It's my first gig, and he's, his family is, is, you know, Hollywood entrenched. I, I remember I'd be playing with my football, and pretty soon we're playing catch, and we, started, we used to hang out, and we would just talk about all kinds of stuff. He was genuinely a wonderful, neat young man to work with. I'd like to work with him again someday, if possible. Great guy. That yeah, if you guys had a reunion like you, him, Tangerine, that would be like amazing. So like you talked about the fight scene, how difficult did you find it to, or is it not? I mean, is, I don't know, to play it straight when you're fist fighting a bunch of uh, midgets in puppet costumes and they have gigantic heads. Like, how do you stay in in reality? Was that a, a challenge, or you just you just said whatever? I'll make like this is real. Like, how do you do that? Um. Jimmy Galfino and I were talking one time. I was asking him about different stuff. And uh, I was working at Dominic's, and he was, uh, he had just got off of uh, uh, playing the heavy in um, a movie with Christian Slater. Uh, what was it? True Romance. And he, was in, and he was in Hollywood, and we were talking. And he said to him, it was just pretending, you know, at that point in his career. It was just pretending. And that was interesting to hear that, because I, I had... I study with Sandy Miser, and Miser says that acting is living truthfully under the imaginary circumstance, but your talent is your ability to believe the imaginary circumstance. Basically, how deep into the rabbit hole you can go um, and get lost in the abyss. For some people, it's just pretending. For other people, they just go off the deep end and they just go into that abyss. For me, in that particular job, you know, they, I got direction. Rob was very good to work with. I explained what he wanted. Chloe, his daughter, was, uh, she would take care of the um, scripts. She was a script supervisor and come in and say exactly what her dad wanted us to do. And by the time you got there, he would set it up. And then working with Anthony Newley, you know, he was such a joy to, to bounce things off of, just to, just to talk in general, let alone work. That by the time you got to go hit these guys that were uh, the puppets, it was easy. It was just what is what you did. They were the ugly little garbage pill kids, and they needed to be in the state home for the ugly. Period. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you remember that? Nice. Everybody wants to know how much did you actually get paid to uh, when you? How much was the bounty? What for the for the for the for the pup for the uh, for Phil Ficario and, and company? A um, uh, uh, hundred dollars each, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. It was a wad of cash. We walked away from there. Went right to the. Uh, <laughs> right to the fashion show. The fashion show, thank you. Had to go pick up my lady. <laughs> so now you talked about, you know, getting into the, the abyss and everything. You know, a lot of actors, um, when they, in a movie, you're just picking up. Obviously, you're not seeing the day they were born <laughs> till when they got to this point. So Juice has such animosity towards Dodger. Like, you would think this kid killed his mother or something. Like, he was so angry at him. What did did you even bother like uh, building a backstory and and trying to find the truth of the headspace of like or your anger towards Dodger or did you just like you said on this job you just went there and you held him up and dumped him in the mud and you know you know I, I went to Hollywood for a reason I spent some time doing a little bit of studying before I ever got to uh, to Hollywood you know I did go to college and did try to work on a few things I do have a history before. I auditioned to get this role. 
And I, I wish that I would have spent more time to create a, a deeper backstory uh, that would have been fairer uh, to to the craft and to the and to the people you work with. Uh, it's you want to do the best you can. Um, playing an an evil person or a bad person, what you're doing, you don't think of it as evil, or you don't think of it as bad, and you certainly don't think of it as bullying. You think of it as righteous. This needs to be done. And there's a reason why this is, and you've earned this, and you create that inside. That that's that's the base uh, of why you're doing what because you have to justify what you're doing, and it's got to be a reaction to a situation. Like when person when a person is you know, I really don't want to take off your fingers, but you know I, I have to take your fingers from you for whatever reason that is. And you're in a movie, you see somebody clipping off somebody's fingers, and you're just being some you know horrible human being to another human being, they don't think they're doing something bad. So for me, I didn't think I was doing anything bad when I was uh, jumping all over my Mac. Plus, he was hanging out with a girl that's my girl. Right. And he touched your woman. Right. You know, he, he touched my woman, creep. <laughs> he touched my woman, creep. No, 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 it was just... Baby, come on, he's just a kid. He's about 12 years old. I'm 14. I'm almost 15. He's not worth the time it'll take to beat him up. Forget him. Come on, let's go have some fun. Wish I could help you, baby. But the little creep's got to be taught a lesson. It's a matter of principle. So basically, what you're saying is it's a matter of principle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's just how it is. Like, you know, it, it really is odd because... Juice sort of seemed to live by a code. He he was like, uh, I wish I could help you, baby, but the little creep's got to be taught a lesson. And it's like, you really had a code, and it's almost as if you could just say that's your motivation. That comes from, that. I have to give that to Rod. Rod Amato. You got to remember, this is a guy that was Humphrey Bogart's stunt double from World War II forward in Humphrey Bogart's career. I mean, he comes from a generation that everything was a code. You know, and so when he looks at a bad guy to a good guy, there's got to be a reason why you got the white hat and you're playing John Wayne. Another reason why you got the dark hat and you're playing, uh, I don't know, Charlie Bronson. Well, actually, he never did play bad guys, but he could have. <laughs> you know, or Clint Eastwood or, you know. The, <clears throat> these guys from that world had a code of how they conducted. When it came to Rod directing this, this film... Uh, he had a particular way he wanted. He would slow down my, my speech, my cadence. My, he would have me smoke. Uh, he would be careful as to make sure that I was as menacing as he can get away with making me be menacing, knowing that his audience were going to be you know, children in elementary school. So he, he, he was purposely putting me in that predicament and how I was going to be perceived. And how he want, and he would reshoot something if he didn't get the right look on the face, uh, if he didn't have the piece he was looking for of that puzzle. That he and I think I got maybe more attention for as much as you saw me in the movie. I got a lot more attention those 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 segments that were in there throughout. No, yeah, you were peppered throughout the whole movie. Your presence was felt the whole time, and uh, yeah, the the way you delivered every line is just perfect. And you know. It's it's strange because sometimes I wonder when you read the script, how did you see this all being said? Because 
Juice says things in such a way that most human beings are not in the headspace to even to know to act like. Like you acted so closed off, like so emotionless, and and it was so like interesting to, to see how, like even when you were like uh, when you pulled her necklace off and you were like, "That's for coming on to him," and it's like, but dude, you had her do that because you wanted the money from the the clothes that he was making. She liked it. She liked it. Well, if she liked it, it's one thing for her to go do something that, I, that I've sent her to do. It's another thing for her to enjoy doing what I sent her to do. Juice was to believe that Tangerine truly was coming on to him. Well, it's, it's all about it, the subtleties of control and, and how Rod wanted me to be this character. You know, if she's, if she's playing on to uh, Mackenzie for, to Dodger, right? And she's been sent to play up to Dodger. Fine. But if you can feel that she likes Dodger, that's its own different conversation. So now he now Dodger's no longer a John. Dodger's a guy that she's liking. Well, I'm not gonna put up with that. The character juice being will not put up with that. So you're gonna rip across a, 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 a necklace. You're gonna get someone's attention in that character. The way he was meant to be portrayed. That's why he was gruff. Yeah, he was completely unfair to her. He was even like... Oh, well, my bad. <laughs> it feels lousy, abandoning my principles for money. Principles? Yeah, letting the little creep live. He was like, it feels lousy, abandoning my principles for money. She was like, principles? Yeah, letting the little creep live. <laughs> and it's like... What can I do? I can't win here. Some of the stuff in this movie cracks me up because it was made for children, yet the content really wasn't for children, especially of that generation. Yeah, how did you feel about that? You know, it always, it always seems like today the borders get pushed. Everyone's pushing the envelope. It gets worse and worse. Music, every other fifth word is the F word, and pretty soon every third word will be, and then pretty soon the whole song will just... You know, it just gets worse and worse. But somehow... You guys managed to make a movie that uh, that will never be made again in 1988. Like 87, 87. Yeah, the content in this movie is bizarre for children. You got a, a girl who plays an adult role, basically having this strange relationship with this young boy who she's using to make clothes and, and use it as like a sweatshop type type situation. And you have a sweatshop in the movie. Then you have this whole thing where the, if you're ugly enough or too skinny or too fat or too weird, you get locked up in an institution and then murdered. Like what kind of children's <laughs> movie, you know? And then you have know. a drug uh, dealer. Pocket full of posies. I mean, when you go back in history, you start thinking about some of Grimes fairy tales. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. They're talking about people with the plague. That's probably one of the good reasons or one of the reasons why so much of it was banned. So many cities outlawed this film. And of course, once you start telling someone they can't have something, then they want most people want what they can't have. So it, it gained its notoriety, but not up front. When it first was released, it was, I mean, I've gotten every Rotten Tomato award possible uh, for that particular character. Oh, just your character? People didn't like him? Well, no, I've been... I've, I've, you, you're on my IMBD page. You've seen it. <laughs> but, um, and I was apparently murdered just after the movie. Yeah, they said the guy who played... Yeah, Greaser Greg. Uh, 
Phil Ficario did that. The movie eventually actually surpassed um, with its following the mid, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show as the number one midnight movie for a short period of time, not for long. Rocky Horror is just too good at what it does, and, and it's going to be there forever. And it is, to me, the quintessential Friday night midnight movie. It is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, who doesn't go see that? This movie, well, what happened was the parents actually... See, th this is strange to me. The movie never even came out, but somehow the parents banned the commercials from being on television. Because I always heard the commercials were taken off television, and that's why it had a poor box office. Because nobody knew it was even out, unless you saw it by walking down the street. Well, it was one of those movies that went underground fast. Because it was banned by a lot of different places. And it's easy to say it's banned because, hey, it's a horrible movie. Is it really? You know, I mean, no. I've heard, I heard McKenzie, you know, wish it was Goonies or whatever he, he put toward that. It's not. It's GPK. You know, and McKenzie did a great job of playing Dodger in GPK. You know, yeah, for, for, for McKenzie, uh, for Katie, for myself, uh, for JP, for Marjorie. Any of us would love that movie to have been a big hit at that time and springboarded us into a very lucrative, fast-paced uh, Hollywood career like that. Who wouldn't want that? But it didn't. It, it, it didn't do that. What it did is it, it, it dropped some seeds, and the generation that got it back then is your age. You know, and... Those guys were the ones that helped it come back to life back in 2004. Um, Michael DVD. over at Disney. Uh, Michael, what is... Uh, Eisner? What's that? Eisner? Eisner, that's it. Thank you. It's late. I've been up all day. Michael Eisner, uh, he bought the rights from MGM. There's, a, there's an opportunity they might want to make a remake. I hope they do. Just because this generation would be kind of cool, that they had the artwork that was done by the artists um, to create this from Topps Chewing Gum. And it is something that's been off the back burner because it's that movie that nobody really wants to be a part of, but they all want to they play with it. It's got a campiness to it that's different than, than Goonies. And it's different than anything that you can find in that generation or any child movie since. Except for maybe some of the cartoon movies that you see now that are pushing it. And they're pushing it with the cartoons, with the girls with the cute butts and the big boobs and the guys with the big muscles and all that kind of stuff. That's not a cartoon to me. <clears throat> but it is to this generation. I mean, if you watch the, 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 the games in which they play, I mean, back then we had Miss Pac-Man. You know, it was not that long after Pawn. And now look what the video games are like. So for Eisner to make a remake, or not so much a remake, but a sequel to go to whatever step that would be with today's technology, that would be cool. They're not going to do a remake because nobody wants to see the Garbage Pill Kids sewing clothes again. <laughs> <laughs> now they might find something out for them to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That was the only downfall of the movie, I think. I think that uh, if it, it is a bizarre storyline, I mean... When you think Garbage Pail Kids, you really don't think of clothing manufacturing and stuff like that. It worked into the storyline of the people, like you and Tangerine and, and um, Dodger. And it, it had its role in the, mo in the movie, but uh, I, I guess people just didn't want to see that. I guess they didn't want to see uh, that type of thing 
for, for those who didn't like it and those who get what was going on and they do understand the connection and how it played into real life, those people can enjoy the movie and appreciate it. And that's what I do. I've always liked the movie. I've been watching it since I was uh, probably, I guess, eight years old. And now I'm 35 and I, I have watched it every year of my life, probably. Sometimes two times a year. Once I started talking to you, I just had to watch it again. I had the impulse and it was a billion <laughs> times better now. When you uh, had your screening of the movie and all you guys came and, and watched the Garbage Pill Kids, uh, that was the first time you ever saw it. And what did you? Uh, what was your impression? Um, actually, I didn't go to a, um, a screening to watch it. I went and saw it on a, a theater in Woodland Hills uh, because at the time uh, my girlfriend. <clears throat> with her work and where she was at and it came out and it just ended up at some theater we, we went to go see it and it wasn't a packed theater <laughs> at all and uh, we watched it and I I walked away the, the, the script I mean the amount of dailies that we got during that that changed from the original script that I, that I received who knows how many times it was changed before I ever saw it to the, 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 the page differences over the next nine and a half, ten weeks to film it uh, changed so much that it wasn't the same movie that I envisioned it to be by the script itself, let alone watching the work that was on, on there. And um, I walked away thinking, okay, I need to do better. I need, I need, I need to get better. I, I'm here uh, to make a living and, and to do it as an actor. And I need to be better at being an actor. That was my that was my response to it. Now, how long? So it took how many months to shoot this movie in, t- in its entirety? Uh, about two and a half months, about ten weeks. So that's a long time, right? For because now everything. It was so- supposed to be f- four to six weeks, and up taking closer to ten. Okay. And did anything uh, you know not of the ordinary go on during the filming of the movie? Or well, we had a union cast and a non-union crew. And so midway through the filming, uh, the crew went on strike so that, so that they could be brought into the union. Back then, being in union was a huge to-do. I mean, it, it still is. Uh, being part of the Screen Actors Guild um, is, is a wonderful thing for anybody in the industry to be a part of. And those guys, uh, there were, it's called below line. You have above the line and below the line, you got cast and crew. And uh, they went on strike, and they had to get all kinds of paperwork that, that changed their pay scale, that changed all kinds of things for the guys that were, that were putting all this together. And, and if you don't have both, you really don't have much. You've got to have a good... Your, your team is everything. Uh, regardless of who you have as your leading actor or, um, or who's the best... Or, or the guy, if, if, if they don't balance... You're not going to get what you want. And, it, and it, it, it takes a lot of people to put any project together. So you think the movie took a hit a little bit from that whole behind-the-scenes dispute, maybe? I don't think it was much of a dispute. The guys, that the, they just didn't want to... They paid the money. They got them in the union. They got what they wanted. It didn't take that long. They could have taken a lot longer. And um, it's just business. Months after the movie came out, weeks after, did you get recognized as Juice by a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Did. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> I, 
I, believe it or not, even at my ripe old age of now, I've gotten recognized uh, for that game. But it's interesting. There were kids. I used to live up off of Whitley above Franklin in Hollywood at that time. And um, I'd walk down Hollywood Boulevard. That's just was where I lived. And kids that would hold on to their moms and they would like, oh my God, it's juice. They'd be afraid of me. I'm like, I, I, I'm just the actor, you know. And these kids were afraid of me. And, uh, and it was kind of funny. Wow, that must have been amazing. How into the whole fan aspect? Like, did you get fan letters, fan mail, stuff like that? Uh, yeah, but at that time, the the, the the stuff that came, it wasn't like t- today. You know, everything's internet. Back then, you got actual hard copy letters that would come in. My first fan letter, though, wasn't from Garbage Pail Kids. Okay. I actually had done a TV show called Look Who's Talking back in Sacramento. And it was a small little show that, uh, I shouldn't say small. It's not small to the guys who put it together. I mean, the project's a project. And um, I had, I did a lot, of, I did print work before I ever got to Hollywood. I was doing print work out of, uh, out of San Francisco, Sacramento. I was from Northern California. And um, I ended up being... Um, Mr. September of Heat Wave 1986, it was a calendar. And it was, you know, all these different, you know, bookstores had calendars and posters of me. And uh, so it was like Local Boy Does Good, and they, I, I came into the show, and I was going to Long Beach State at that time. And uh, some, some young lady um, liked me, and I signed an autograph thing to her, but I received a letter from this, uh, I think, 15, 16-year-old young girl and I didn't know what to do it was like my first fan letter I'm like wow what do you do with this you know and I, with, a, with a little photograph the kind of photograph you get from your yearbook you know, you know that you'd have put in there snapped and cut so I um, got in a plane and I flew to Sacramento and I went to the little girl's house and I knocked on the door and uh, she opened the door. She couldn't believe I'm standing right there. And I wanted to say thank you for giving me a fan letter. And I asked her to call her mom. She called because her mom wasn't home. She called. She had some friends over. She called her mom. There was all these friends that showed up. And I hung out for a couple hours with her mom, uh, her friends, this young lady, just to say thank you because it was my first fan letter. And then I went over ah. to visit my folks and then went back to school. That is great, man. That's an amazing story. Well, someone takes the time to say, wow, you did something that they liked. I mean, it's just they say thank you to them. That must have been like the thrill of her life, man. That, that, that would be crazy. I can't even imagine. I don't know. It was just something to do. <laughs> your big scene, some of your big scenes um, where you showed <laughs> that the actor had a sense of humor was the bathroom scene. Now, the garbage pail kids are in the sewer, and apparently just by turning a uh, little knob water will just come blasting out of a toilet bowl on the exact right one. I don't even know how they knew you were in there. I don't know how they knew which toilet you were on, but man, they really did a good job. (laughs) Now, what was that like, shooting that? Did you have a stunt double? Because it looked like you. And it was cold. They had me on a harness. And uh, we shot it at night. We were out in the valley. And uh, despite popular consensus, Los Angeles does get chilly at night if you're not used to being out in somewhat colder weather. And um, they had this fire hose wrapped up, and they had they had me on a on a hoist, and I go into the to the men's stall, and they blasted me with water, and it was you know it was fun. 
I did all all, all, all the stunts the uh, that was in that from the from the van being crushed and rolling away from that. Even most of the fighting. The only reason the fighting got uh, changed is because, you know, with Mackenzie and I, what was he, 13, 14 years old at the time? I was 22, 23. You know, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. So stage fighting. So when we started grappling, they, they would switch us out. But for the most part, everything else I, I did myself. Yeah, you could definitely tell the one time they switched you out. It's when um, you threw him on this uh, little platform, and then someone goes rolling off, and then you jump on top and then go after him. That's the only time you could tell because the guy's hair is a little bit tighter. It's not the same like hair, and you could just you could just tell. But then it goes back to you guys. So that was pretty cool. Uh, were, were you there? Because when I t- when I interviewed Mackenzie, he said that Tangerine uh, Katie she crashed a, a car on set. Were you there during that? No, uh, she was a she was a kid. She don't even think she had a driver's license. And from that point forward, everything that was done was done where she was actually driving that car. From that point forward, she was on a trailer. And so they were shooting okay. it from a trailer <laughs> point of view. So she wasn't allowed to drive anymore. Yeah, good choice. But uh, I don't think she knew how to drive a stick. And that was Rob's car. That's uh, uh, JP who played Wally's brother. Um, he was one of the guys working on the productions. Uh, um, Rod Amato's son, Rob. It was his car, his Triumph. She crashed. Yeah, he must right, have loved that. Right into the wall. <laughs> did you ever say to to the director? Did you ever go? Now wait a minute. Now I'm a drug dealer. You know I have lines like, "All right, uh, when when this stuff gets over the border, get it to the warehouse." So clearly you're. Pretty big time. Even if it's small time, it's big enough. You're not just selling weed on the corner by school. Now you're a pretty, you know, established drug dealer. Did you ever say why? Why am I chasing a 14 year old kid in broad daylight in the park to steal two dollars out of his back pocket? Like, did you ever try to like challenge the character motivations or or scenes like that? You know, and again, it was 1987. I mean, I live in Colorado now. If I wanted to go, if I wanted to smoke weed, it doesn't take me but a minute to go down to a pot shop and buy myself weed. That's not my thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. But if I wanted to, I could. Well, in 1987, if you wanted to get a little dime bag of weed, if you don't know the right person doing the right thing, chances are you're going to be at some park somewhere looking over your shoulder going, huh, hope it's not that bad of dirt weed if you just wanted to get high. I mean, things have changed tremendously in the last 30 years when it comes to that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> character, that's the way they wrote it. That's the way we played it. <laughs> you know? I know? I'm thinking way too much. I'm sorry. So uh, what do you, you know, I would love to know. Like, I've always wondered so many things about you and how into it you were and stuff like that. Like, what do you think about Garbage Pail Kids stickers and stuff? Like, do you, did you know about them and stuff or... I learned about them at the time. You know, there was there stuff that was going on with the generation before me. I, like I, I was 22, 23 years old. Right. You were about seven years too late. Yeah. You know, so for me, it was work to go to, go to work. And I got to learn while I was there what was, what was this, this artwork and how it was. And it was different than I'd ever seen before. Uh, what I found to be most captivating was the response that the, the children of that time, and when I mean children, I mean from 6 to 12, that age range, something like that, that were, that were into it. I was kind of, kind of, I thought that was kind of interesting and kind of cool. You know, after the Garbage Pill Kids wrapped, 
you uh, you stayed in the business and you did an episode of Silk Stockings. Uh, uh, Tim Thomerson was in it and things like that. And when you go on IMDb, uh, you know, obviously I did trying to contact you. Pretty much all you see is like the Silk uh, the Silk Stockings thing. So, what have you been up to in the like you know since then? I guess did you do things that they did not update the IMDb or like uh, did you? leave the business like what have you been busy with in the uh, since then well i my mbd page uh, imbd page is not complete and that's correct it's not and that's got a lot to do with me and and some things that happened over the last uh several years has to do with elliot my manager passing away um choices being made through uh, why i'm here in denver and not in los angeles uh, life, life comes at you, and you make a choice of which route you're gonna go. Um, when I got, when GPK uh, was over, I, I was serious. I wanted to get better at what I do, so I went and studied with Meisner in the West Indies. Uh, I got a chance to go spend some time just to try to figure out on a couple of different pilgrimages what is art. So I went to Europe to do that. Uh, so I wrote and produced theater plays, had my own production company, and, and did st- this way to to grow as an actor and eventually I had to make a couple of choices there's a few projects that are not on there and uh, the side of being a father is the most important thing I can be so that's what I do I'm a dad I still write um, I have a production uh, working with a buddy of mine out here in Denver uh, Michael uh, Goodness and we're putting together a show uh, which you helped inspire by the way um, there's one project that's going on and it's called Get the Real Juice. <laughs> no offense, but it is Get the Real Juice. Um, and we are, it's, we should be up and running relatively soon for our first real episode, first true episode in the next couple of weeks we'll be putting that together. So it's called Get the Real Juice. And now this is going to be a show. What kind of show? It's going to be uh, a video, internet. And it'll actually be... It's going to be an internet show. Uh, it's going to be on the internet. And it's a journey. Uh, basically, it's, 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 it's a journey. <clears throat> and I, I am Juice. So it is getting me. So it's a journey that we're going to take on different things that, that uh, can be kind of fun. It's a two-year cycle that we're looking at putting together. Uh, it has to do with um, our country and how we see it or how I see it. Uh, how I want what I want to share to my to with my children and with the public as well. It's got a lot to do with having some fun, um, putting some work together. Why did you want to do this show? Like what what struck you that you said you know what I want to do a show? I, I can cover a lot of you know different topics here, and you know I think we have something going here. What made you want to do that? That's a great question. I love the why question. And it's pretty simple. Uh, you got to figure you, how much time do you have in your life and what you're going to do with it, right? Well, for productivity, for me, probably two-thirds is done. I maybe have a third left, in all honesty. What am I going to do with the life I've lived to have a, a better third? <clears throat> how am I going to... What am I going to leave for my kids and for my children? So one of the things that we're going to work on this show happens to be the separation and division of our country. It's vast. 
We've got people that are just voting a party line because that's what they were raised. Maybe that's not so bad. Maybe it's not so good. But the way we're working right now, the further and further our country gets away from each other, the more volatile it becomes. So how do we, how do we put America first and, and, and work from there to try to take the ether out of that process? And the concept is to put together you know, a, a right side, a left side, and put it on the table and see what we can bring uh, from the audience, what they think about different subject matters. We want to walk that process. We want to have some fun and uh, let you and I continue to work with each other. Uh, part of the show is going to be about a movie review. Um, yes. And so you and I will get a chance to get online and, take, and we'll do it the Redbox movie review. Why not? More people, I think, will spend $2 and get a disc and put it in a DVD to have their popcorn and a cheeseburger at home than spend 20 bucks a person to go see a movie. So hindsight being 2020, we get a chance to take a look at some of these movies and say, wow, how the, the, the guys out front were saying it's going to be a blockbuster, but it kind of sells south. Well, this one was never supposed to do anything, but it's got a big following. So we'll get a chance to take a look at that and maybe discuss a few things. And this will also be a great time for you and I to talk because you can ask me about different things going on in Hollywood back in the time that I was spending there. That'd be for a fun conversation. Uh, we're going to start with those two segments to start with, and we're going to keep flowering those segments and seeing where they grow and see how the, how the show actually uh, goes forward. And it's, it's gonna, it'll be a lot of fun. Wow, yeah. No, it sounds great, man. Uh, and I'm definitely looking forward, and thank you for you know inviting me on to... No. <laughs> we'll have a good time. Just let's stay away from romantic comedies, and I'll be all good to go, man. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many times I can see Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler and, and freaking, uh, what's his name, Vince Vaughn, but. <laughs> so, uh, have you ever produced anything before? Like, is this your first foray into this? No, actually, I, um, I worked with Elliot Rich, my manager, back in the uh, early 90s. And we put together, I have a theater company, Theatron. Uh, theatron Productions is a company that I own. And uh, we put together a series of um, shows that we put through Agva and a nightclub um, called the Opera House of the Opera on on Santa, on Santa Monica, and it was it was for AIDS Hospice Los Angeles. And we raised a lot of money to try to help put together um, help with the people in that process. Eventually, AIDS did catch Elliot, and I caught up with him, and he and he passed away uh, with that uh, with that situation. But then. And uh, written a few things, just stuff. Nothing to, nothing to write home about, but work. Yes. Hey, hey, it's key. yeah, you're working. You know. So besides uh, this uh, show, you know that would keep you busy. But do you have other things on the table? Actually, yeah. Uh, there's, there's one project that I've been working on. That I'd like to finish up this winter. It kind of, I need to get it off my table, and it's. Uh, <clears throat> It's a writing project that's kicking me in the teeth more than once. That I'll reserve for it to be finished. Uh, I got another job. No, I wouldn't say job. Another another conversation that opened up last week, and it's a uh, it's a soft conversation at the moment. But I'm looking forward to uh, where this goes, and uh, it'll be kind of fun. And that I don't want to talk about either because it's too soft. There is a, another production company out here in Denver of a guy that uh, Mark Grove I like a lot. And we've talked about maybe getting together and putting something together in the future. 
and I wouldn't mind doing something with Mark. He's a pretty neat guy. He does uh, some does quite a few different film pieces himself. What do you mean? What does that mean? Too soft. Oh, what does that mean? A soft conversation. You know, it's not on paper. You know, it's sort of like when you go on a let's let's say you go on that date and. Uh, yeah, it's the first conversation. You're kind of hooked up by one way or another, and you've got the cell phone in the background. You're going to meet for that five-minute conversation, see if you like somebody before maybe you go out and make an event out of it. So we're at a soft conversation point right now. So we're seeing how that blossoms up. And the project I don't want to go into because it's um, it would be a lot of fun, and I don't want to jinx it, to be honest with you. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Like I say, did a great job as Juice. I'm really looking forward to uh, get the real Juice. That's coming out soon. Like you said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to keep everybody updated on that. Uh, it's just like a dream come true to have you on the show. I never thought ever that this would happen. So thank you so much for coming on, man. Really good time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very, very much. Um, enjoy the evening. And, uh, thanks, Alex. Have a good night. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. New on Blu-ray, it's the first season of Showtime's skinsational new horror series, Penny Dreadful. In addition to a demon-possessed nude scene from the lovely Eva Green, we also welcome the nude return of Billy Piper, who bears her piping hot body. Penny Dreadful will put a roll of quarters in your pants. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Showtime, it's the debut episode of the new series, The Affair. As a philandering waitress, Ruth Wilson serves up a side order of TNA while gearing up for an extramarital affair with Dominic West. While Ruth goes west, your hand will be going south. Nude on Cinemax, it's more period pieces on the hospital drama, The Nick. Not only did blonde Brit babe Juliet Rylance make her topless debut, but Ying Ying Lee also flaunted full frontal while serving up some opium. Juliet and Ying Ying will make your ding ding sing sing. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. All right, guys, we're back with listener letters. Yay! 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 Well, a lot of people, you know, as we're uh, coming to 100, they, they really want to get a lot of things in. So I think we're just going to get blasted. Some stuff is pretty straight up, and they, they kind of ask some poignant questions, too. Your show has changed so much. What do you attribute that to? And uh, earlier in the email, they mentioned the difference between 2013 and 14, And I actually made a post about that on Facebook. Well, Jamie, what do you attribute to? I think I, there's a very clear... Difference. I mean, there's, I mean, there's on the surface differences, and there's behind the scenes differences. For sure. Yeah. It's hard for me, obviously, to, from the time that I wasn't here. Well, let's see. Was I here all of 2013? Yeah, I started in January, right? Mm-hmm. January. Okay. Yeah. So then, so yeah, I know exactly what was going on. No, trust um, me, he's not <laughs> asking about Michael Jack. <laughs> well, Jamie doesn't do as many sound effects. She doesn't know all the dates of the movies that when they were made or the minute marks. I don't like pants. Yeah, she doesn't hang pants on her wall. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's simple. The, the crew was always known as a pretty mainstream. You know, we were trying to get a wide audience, obviously. That was always the goal. Whenever you start anything like this, you want an audience. Because otherwise, 
I might as well just talk to my friends in real life. Why am I recording this and producing it and doing, you know, I'm putting a, why would I waste my time? So obviously I'd rather have more and more listeners, you know, otherwise what's the point? In, in starting, we wanted to keep things mainstream. But, in, you know, as, as that went on, we did a lot of retrospectives, a lot of interviews, a lot of mainstream movies. And as time went on, you know, you, you just... You evolve? You evolve. You feel stifled in ways. And you feel like, well, I want to, like, what, what else is out there? And I want to know things I don't know. And as a show, we want to explore. So we were all willing to go ahead and just do things we never did. And a lot of things we did were list shows, uh, you know best of this year, this, that year, whatever, what are the obscure movies, what are misunderstood movies, what are top worst, uh, what are our top worst. So that way we could cover a bunch of movies and, and not just review one or two a, a show. So obviously we talked a lot more about horror and different movies. When this year we introduced more obscure things, um, like we, we talked about older stuff too, like that when we did the Cronenberg thing, that's going way back and stuff, you know, and it's, it's definitely pointing away from the Halloween Friday the 13th, exactly. you know, and of course, then we did the major Halloween versus Friday the 13th, which I absolutely loved. I think that was a, that was an approach that had never been done before and it basically proved why Friday the 13th is a superior franchise because it totally is and why I mean I think it's just obvious in the fact that there are more installments because it 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 works and so um we but you know we weren't afraid like we had no idea how that was going to come out we really didn't you know because when we were putting this show together and you and I did some brainstorming before we actually did the show but you you created the backbone of that show and so you knew the format going in but we really had no idea what anyone was going to say when we recorded that show so the way it came out was the way it came out as we were going through it and it was really interesting you know because I didn't even know what I was going to say when when we pitted those shows against each other and then you actually start talking about them and so that was really fun and fascinating so in that respect we talked about things that people were familiar with and that had been covered on the crew before even, but in a completely different way. And so I think that this year what we've tried to do is to insert new, more interesting elements. There were some skits, which I think was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, we actually did some line readings, which was really fun. You know, So we're just basically breaking away from or attempting to break away from the stuff that people are used to hearing about because everyone talks about Halloween all the time. You know, And, and so we were trying to introduce some new lower budget, lesser known films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and um, you were really good for that because you're always you always have your eye out. You're always looking for new stuff to talk about, and uh, so you injected a lot of those and, and brought them to the forefront. And you threw stuff at me that I hadn't even heard of. That <laughs> you're like, hey, we're this new movie just came out. We're going to cover it. And I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I'm totally willing to. But by doing that, you allow yourself to possibly discover something that become that could become a new favorite. Right. So rather than um, just stick to the same stuff that people that people already know about. I think what we attempted to do was mix it up and and keep it interesting and keep it fun. Yeah, we talked about Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. You know, Jamie did a mini review of that. Top twenty worst horror movies. So then we got to talk a lot about that shit like that. So Secret Window, 
Pet Cemetery, It. As big as It is, nobody talks about the movie It. Then we did mm-hmm. a Scream retrospective. That's still mainstream. That's back to normal. Then we did go. We go to Camp Dread. <laughs> we did the Friday Thirteenth skit where we created a virtual reality. Uh, I don't think that's ever been done. I know it's been done in skits. I don't think it was ever. No one has ever done a full, fully produced segment ever. I don't think. Oh, and that was really a lot of fun to listen to uh, when everything was all added together, and it was a lot of fun to do too. I had a really good time doing those. The stuff, popcorn. Uh, the Sacrament, we did um, Camp Dread, we did the Cronenberg movies, The Broad and Scanners, nobody really talks about that, or Brood. <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself. We did Let the Right One In, we did Inside. I mean, what have we not done here? So, the only thing left... Live Sacrifice. <laughs> well, we actually remember that you guys died at the end of the one show? Oh, that's right, yeah. 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 I, I can't believe the ambulance heard the show... And showed up that quick. And I'm so glad that somebody actually figured out that I shot myself two times, which makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) Jared said, uh, I don't understand. (laughs) You put a gun in your mouth and pulled the trigger, and then you went, it went, then you hear, like, (laughs) if it was really that real, I don't think you would have got that second shot off. Well, sometimes people miss. You know, it's an imperfect art. So, okay, next question. Why do you think you hate zombie movies? Jamie, why would someone hate zombie movies? Well, I don't I don't personally, but I can I can say that people probably hate them now possibly because of oversaturation, possibly because the more recent zombie films that have come that have come out I mean, there has been an onslaught of them and a lot of them kind of miss the point of what is so good about zombie films? To me, a successful, good zombie film has more to say than there are dead people walking around. And that's why I love the good ones. And then so what we've gotten more recently is just a bunch of dead people eating people, and they kind of miss the point. If But if you just don't like zombies in general... Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe some people think that it's maybe some people think that slow moving things aren't scary, you know, or maybe they think it's so unrealistic that they can't relate to it. You know, that's another thing, too. You know, but personally, I have always found them to be really scary, the good ones. And the reason for that for me is that you could replace zombie with anything like, you know, any kind of apocalyptic event you know just replace the zombies with something else and what ends up being the scariest part about it is actually human versus human is how we end up treating each other and how we end up dealing with a situation on a global scale and how scary it is when society and how easily society could just shut down you know, and then what? You know, and then you're left with limited resources and you're clawing at each other's throats. And to me, that is the scariest part about it. So that's what I like about it. But maybe some people just aren't willing to or don't find it easy to be able to relate to it on that level. So it's something that they just think, well, it's not scary to me because it's not real. Yeah. Well, see, I was actually asked you because I want you to help me answer this. I because I don't really I never thought about it. Did it help at all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, it did. It did. I, it was, I actually was pondering a lot, wondering if that's the answer. I don't really necessarily think it's that I don't find it scary. 
I don't think finding something scary is what makes me like it at, at all anyway. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, so it's not... That wouldn't be my answer. Um, relatable. Yeah, I mean, there are... I, I don't really relate. I don't really... Maybe it's the characters that have been in these movies, like the the normal people. Uh, I just don't click with. Maybe that's it. Maybe I need to identify with my killer. Maybe I need to uh, have a connection with my like some. I have to appreciate a nuance and, and there's an individuality. And I'm a very deep person when it comes to human connection, which is why I like shows like Sons of Anarchy and stuff. Like it's very deep and spiritual, and and that's what I'm really into. Uh, which is why I like Norman Bates and Larry Talbot the most out of, like, everybody. I love that you like Larry Talbot. Oh, yeah. He's... That just endears me so much to you. <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters. He's an amazing character. Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe it's can you not feel sympathetic toward the villain in that situation because there is no humanity in them? They're just... Like ro- machine or machines, sort of like robots. Basically, yeah. So, if do you find that you are more uh, that you enjoy it more when you can be sympathetic toward the villain himself? You know, when you can find something uh, relatable in him, right? Relatable, or I could see from his point of view. What am I seeing from wild, fucking, rabid people? Like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So I. That That's why be- the successful ones will point you to the humans, in and their interactions in those films, and the the zombies themselves in a successful zombies film are really just backdrop. And um, but I can totally get that. Yeah. You know, basically they may as well be under under siege by robots. Right. Yeah. So that's that must be the answer, dude. I don't know. That's it. I guess. Uh, what what does Jamie have to say about all this one hundred and out stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. You know the the skeleton crew has been an important part of my life. Alex has been an important part of my life, and it's it it makes me sad to think that that could come to an end. And I don't know. I mean, the and the skeleton crew listeners have also been an important part of my life, and I don't I don't want any of that to end. I'm not. Uh, in any way looking forward to it but yeah, neither am i i mean uh, you know i mean it's not like a like a happy you know throw off your graduation cap run out the door kind of thing <laughs> we are done thank god like we have no yeah. actual obligation here just so everybody knows Mm-mm. everything we do is out of love for for the genre for our listeners for just spending time together and, and talking about stuff together and so yeah no i mean it's not something that i'm all good things come to an end at some point. And there are other things on the horizon. You know, there are think I guess sometimes you just have to move on and do other stuff. I don't... Yeah, well, that's one question to couple down. I guess I'll just put that one to now. This is, to me, this is kind of, uh, I think, hostile, but okay. <laughs> How will you feel when this is over? Can someone like you truly be fulfilled just being a third man on a show after being a driving force behind a successful show like The Crew. But you're more than a third man on Banana Laser. I, it's You may not be doing the heavy production stuff that you're doing here, because you certainly have been the backbone of the show, and, and it sounds as good as it does, and it comes off as fun as it does because of you. But going on Banana Laser is not 
just throwing you in as the third guy. That is, you have a relationship with the two of them and you guys click very well. It's going to, I mean, what it's doing is is taking some of the pressure off of you while you still get to do the fun, enjoyable parts. I don't really see anything negative about it. Guys, I don't see that as a, as a fucking demotion here. I mean, you know, I'm still here. I mean, it's not like, it's not like this show fell apart and I was like, oh shit, what the fuck do I do now? Well, that show is doing good. Hey guys, uh, would you mind? I know I'm just a fucking piece of shit loser, but can I be on your show? Like, that's not at all what happened. Right. And this is also something that came about after, I mean, this was not, it's, it's not, you're throwing away the skeleton crew so you can become third guy on this show. Right. You know, this was a decision that was made completely separately from that one. And then, you know, you were presented with the opportunity to be able to join that show. And, and so you took it, which I cannot, you know, I, I, that's a good thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a great thing. You guys are all fantastic together. Thanks. So, um, you know, there's really nothing negative. No. No, I don't know if they even mean it negatively. I guess they're just thinking that, oh, uh, someone who ha- who comes up with all these ideas or whatever, and, and, uh, and like, maybe they're, they're seeing this show as an outlet of mine to, to oh, sure. creativity. Yeah, I guess. Do you feel you're going to be stifled, you know? But no, I mean, I think that, that they're going to offer you just as much creative uh, power as you want, as you're willing to take on. You know, I mean, you have just as much input into that show. as There I am answering your question again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because even you could see the answer to this. Like it's that's exactly right. So hopefully everybody understands uh, exactly what that is, just like you do. It's it's great. I love being on that show just as much as I love being on this one. I And I love even more the fact that. I'm not taking on all the shit, man. Like, Matt is doing all the stuff I do here, and it is amazing. And it's the only reason that the crew would even stop, because I, the, the freaking production and edits and shit like that, it just, guys, you don't even know how many hours and how tedious it is. And to think that, you know, you start doing this, and you don't even know, realize that that's what you're in for. And then once you're once you're in it, and it's like, Wow, dude, this is what you have to do now forever because you started a show and you cannot finish it now. So now you're stuck doing this the rest of your life. And when you see it that way, it's like, oh, my God, I love being on here with Jamie and when Dave comes on and stuff like that and all our friends come on. I love it. But once this mic, once we turn the mics off, man, it's just not as fun as you think. Or I don't think anybody thinks it's fun because it's not. And it's it's fun creating and producing, but it's not fun editing and and producing. <laughs> but you know, it's a bunch of stuff. So um, next question: um, uh, Jump the Shark was one of the greatest specials you ever did. I cannot believe that you haven't done one in over sixty shows or so on. Uh, how how come you didn't wrap up the show with the uh, Jump the Shark at some point? Um, it's something we talked about. Yeah, we talked about it. Um, it's just uh, the honest answer is because by the time we talked about it and, and really got into like doing it, it, we would have to watch about eight movies and um, then have notes for all those movies and then produce that big long show. And with the time constraint we have to get everything done by October 31st, it, it just wasn't time for something like that. When will you guys do a top 10 favorite horror movies list? I want to hear top 10 from each of you, not a combined list. 
<laughs> Ooh, they're very specific. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember somewhere else in the email that it was just I, you know, I just cut out the questions. It was something like, I, "We've been listening for such a long time. I just would like." We do have a sense of who you are, but we like a better sense of where you're coming from. If we knew your top tens, we would understand how you, why, and how you view everything like you do. I get that, and um, you know, I th- that's something I would be willing to to do if we have the time to do something like that. I mean, I don't think it would be too hard to just run through them. Right. Yeah, maybe we could uh, do it on a future show. We have uh, like three, four left, right? Um. <clears throat> Where are the commentaries? Good question. <laughs> we had one, but we decided that we should uh, keep things not open-ended. We wanted to have them close-ended, <laughs> so we did not. We did not do the com- We did not release the commentary. Uh, okay, and I got one full email from Christian Jarquin. Uh, we had a little discussion uh, prior, and then he said some really nice things about the show. And I just want you, Jamie, to hear these things because oh. uh, it's it's very nice, and, and, and you should know them. He said, there is a reason the Skeleton Crew has the most hits on the network. You're just better. Like Dave said, the best thing about podcasts is that anybody can do them. The worst thing about podcasts is that anybody can do them. <laughs> Your show and Banana Laser are the only two shows on the network that I listen to consistently. Not only because of the production value, but also the entertainment value. Even when you're not reviewing movies, imparting your opinions on miscellaneous topics or doing skits, which are great by the way, your sporadic and idle chatter is among the few things that make me laugh. Jamie truly made the show better when she joined. Aww. Now that I've got the chance, I'll go ahead and let you guys know. It goes without saying, I'll miss the podcast when it ends. I wish you guys would continue doing it, but I understand that it's time. It's a time-consuming thing, and you have lives. Congratulations on your engagement, Alex, by the way. Thank you. Aww. Thank you, sir. Uh, I know I can still listen to you on Banana Laser, and Jamie is on Devour, among other shows, but it won't be the same. All in all, I'm glad to have discovered the podcast. The crew had a great run, and I certainly enjoyed it. I'll be listening to your final show on Halloween night, and I wish each of you guys well. Your loyal bonehead, Christian. That is so sweet. That really is. Yeah, I was blown away. Wow. Just just like in, in life, when you're friends with people... Uh, when you when you sense that you have a real connection and you become best friends with people, that is uh, it's a it's a it's a natural high and it's something uh, it's it's a great feeling and it's the same feeling I get when when we connect with people who gave us a chance. Even the fact that you bothered to listen to the show because you know most people don't do that with anything, uh, and then you also clicked is just uh, friggin' amazing. So. Yeah, liking it is also on that network, by the way. <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I that really is is. <laughs> I don't even. I'm just grinning. That is such a sweet thing. I love it so much. Thank you. But Jamie, you must be jaded when people say that you made the show so much better. I mean, you know that. No offense, but it wasn't very hard to do. <laughs> You didn't have much competition, so you couldn't possibly feel the satisfaction of hearing something like that, right? Uh, well, 
No, of course I do. I mean, okay, the, the ad, like the converse of that is for someone to say the show was really awesome until you got there, then it sucked. Right. You know, so for them to to think for someone to say that they actually felt like I did something by being here that I wasn't just here that it that there was a purpose oh, for yeah. my being here that makes me feel wonderful it really does and no <laughs> and I know they don't mean the show sucked before I got there and now it's amazing be- only because of me and then right. you know that's not at all what I take from that I just take from that that hey you are you were an addition to the show that you know wasn't so bad and <laughs> and and I appreciate that Overall, I think the show was was just fine, and I was happy. At, at the time, I felt we did the most we could do. When Jamie came, I felt like the old thing, the sky's the limit. I feel like uh, we have more possibilities here, and I think that's what Jamie represents, the possibility of a full experience of, of brains, of fun, and passion. Obviously, I thought this sh- I loved the show beforehand or I wouldn't have wanted to be a part of it you know I never thought the show was anything less than amazing and uh, it was an honor for me to even get to be a part of something that I thought was so special and ended up being very special 